Welcome to Encounter. This is a podcast and radio show where Joe Costa, Cole Percio, and I, Adam Prime, seek to encounter Christ, culture, and community. And tonight, uh, we are excited because we have the three of us discussing something that is going to give us a little bit of freedom. Um, And what that is, is Christian culture in general. So tonight we're looking at common things Christians say and whether they should or should not say them. Some kind of quirky parts of Christian culture in the church. And honestly, it's going to be a little bit of a freestyle episode for Encounter. So we're going to be talking about aspects of Christian culture. Some of us are going to have pet peeves, things that drive us a little crazy. Some of us are going to have things that we like about it, honestly, and maybe some funny stories about our experiences with those specific quirks in the church. But before we do that, I I want to encourage you guys, please, uh, if you listen to this podcast and you appreciate the work that we're doing here in the ministry that God has given us, Please like, subscribe, favorite on any of the platforms that you have. If you could please even share it on your own social media accounts if you have them. Um, Hopefully after you listen to the social media episode where we said you probably shouldn't have social media, now you should have it and you should promote this so that we get the word out and um, we have some really cool guests coming up soon. And uh, we're you know, personally, I'm really excited to speak to the next two. Uh, and we just had Big Al on, so that was a, a cool experience to sit down and listen to an ex-professional baseball, play, uh, baseball basketball player. I really listened. Um, <laughs> and so tonight we're having a little bit of change of pace, but some good things happening. Um, we have uh, a new studio in, in uh, where we record. So God's given us a bunch of different financial blessings and a bunch of connections and godly people in our lives that have helped build it. So we have you know new sound panels, a new table. Um, so we're excited. All the sound equipment's the same, but you know we want to make a, a nice place for guests when they come so they feel comfortable and welcome. And, and so all of that has been kind of exciting and kind of a rush to get it all done. So we're excited to, to use it now, and we want to make sure it is used for God's glory. Um, so pray for us as we as we move forward with this ministry. All right. So, um, so if you want to get used to our voices, you have me, Adam Prime, Joe Costa, and Cole Persio. Right, Cole. Cole. So the deal is, Cole has oh to talk tonight. I know. <laughs> so because it's the three of us, and because these are there's nothing necessarily prepared. We have a list of things that we've all compiled. And some of this, you know, we, we took from pieces online and some we put of our own and we haven't honestly looked through all of them. So uh, of each other's. So they're going to be kind of a surprise when we bring them up and we want honest reactions to those things. So we started looking through it and you're like, no, let's get a fresh take. Um, yeah, we intentionally didn't look at these so we could just based off reaction. Yeah. So (laughs) we started looking at them and then we started having conversations about them without the microphones on. So we wanted to just save them for the actual uh, podcast. So again, if you've been raised in Christian culture, you're going to hear a lot of uh, really unique and funny things that you definitely encountered in church growing up. Um, Also, if, if you do and or say any of these things, don't be offended. Just uh, take a personal inventory. Like, I don't know. Like, should I be saying it? Or, or why do I say the things that I say? Yeah. Um, because I mean, because I'm guilty of some of them, you know? Um, but you don't actually think about it until that goes off once an episode. Just by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> but it, um, it reminds me every time to check my phone. And yeah, like, I know. Am I, am I, check mine. Yeah. That's why I do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, uh, if you are offended, it, that's okay. 
uh, <laughs> you can reach yeah, out to I mean, us yeah. and let us know. Yeah. Be a Berean. If you you want to be offended over things that are a counter scripture, not counter your opinions. Yeah. Um, so the first one. I Joe, mean, <laughs> Joe, you want to pick the first? I mean, so the first one is the one that that. Uh, it's like Cole nailed my pet peeve. Like this is the first one. Hmm. Oh man. So the, if you're thinking of one that might offend a few people, that we'll start with that one. Yeah. I, I mean, this is a lot deeper than these four words that are right in front of me right now. But the, what we're talking about is so this is what are we calling these? Just common things that Christians Christian do. Christian cliches. We, Christian cliches that we probably shouldn't, right? Or something yeah. along the lines of that. Mm-hmm. Number one that Cole put up there is praying over unhealthy food, and that grinds my gears. Somewhat because it's so much deeper than that. It's I could, I really couldn't see why that would grind your gears. I don't like. Why is that a problem? Yeah, Wait, Joe, explain to us. Yeah, Are you being please. facetious? I am being facetious oh, right now. No, because um, I'm trying to talk I, more. So I mean, there, I mean, there's like countless verses about how we should just be. I mean, the discipline comes from being a disciple, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's just one thing that we have let completely go because it's it's almost like as a as a unit as as the body we decided to like just brush that under the rug because it's one of the hardest things. I would say that and like lusting. In general, or or it is like the two hardest di- disciplines. I agree. You know what I mean. And one we elevate and and we focus on, which we should, which is you know sexual immorality. And then the other is this one, and we just brush this one right under the rug. Um, and so, I mean, just so you don't, it doesn't sound like a legalistic uh, kind yeah, of approach I mean, to it. Is like you can splurge on something that isn't lettuce, right? And it's not on, you know, bad to mm-hmm. pray over the food and thank God for the food that he's given you. But I mean, what my, but where this comes for, uh, you know, to a head for me and uh, again, I mean, when, is, oh, I mean, when we, when I hear people, when, when like we're praying over pizza and we say, bless this food to our bodies, it drives me absolutely nuts because there's not a single thing in that, that is blessing, that is nutritious but, for your body. Well, I mean, your body does pull nutrition from it. So I mean, technically I mean, I mean, God, it's, yeah, but you know, what I'm, you know what I mean? Like, and, I don't know. I just think part of, we always talk about how like we should live set apart, and I think that mm-hmm. is part of it. We should mm-hmm. eat different, look different, mm-hmm. pray different, act different. Yeah, everything about it should be different, and that is one thing that I think should be part of it. Um, we just we've been going over the first chapter of Daniel and that first exactly. encounter of like the fact that they ate the vegetable. Uh, what, what was the name yeah. of it? The per. Uh, I want to hear you try. No, I can't remember the name of it. It starts it's with not the, the Peruvians. I know. No, that. I know it's not. Uh, it's like the puree or something. It's not a per- puree, but it's like this vegetable um, that was just healthier that they were eating instead of the uh, king's meat. So yeah. So so, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And then it goes down to verse eleven. So Daniel said this to the steward from the chief of the eunuchs. Um, Oh, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat at the portion of the king's delicacies. And I mean, he's testing them with confidence, knowing that, like, this is what God created. That's it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And watch us eat what he gave us. It's just weird mm-hmm. to me how we That's have a, just— I have a good segue to the next thing I want to bring up, but keep going. Sorry. Oh, okay. No, I just— I'm. Ranting now, but does do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I agree. Or? I I think that there's uh, a time like you have the wedding in Cana, right? So like they, they they were celebrating and drinking and eating things that necessarily, if they were doing eating and drinking those things all of the time, it wouldn't be healthy. But you know, no, there is yeah. a time to have a feast and a time to eat. 
but that can't be your consistent. So what bothers me about it, the hypocrite. So necessarily eating something that's that's not 100% nourishing isn't as bothersome to me as when you're complaining about how unhealthy the vaccine is while you're swallowing Krispy Kremes. Exactly. If I have to hear another, my I don't want to take this vaccine because my body's a temple while you're eating donuts or or you know. Yeah. Um, um, that's the hypocritical side is, is crazy for me. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's the part, the only part where I'm like, okay, well, I mean, you can't draw the line that there and nowhere else. And I'm not even saying you should be pro vaccine at all. I'm just oh, saying, yeah, I'm, not, like, yeah. I'm just it, if you're going to hold a line, the vaccine, yeah. It's yeah. Just saying that you're going to hold a line, hold, hold, a hold, a line. Yeah. hold it everywhere in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so that's where I, I agree in that. But area. I mean, it's just like, just giving into things like um, just bad food that is going to lead to heart disease, diabetes, all these things, giving into that is not dying to yourself. Mm. That's giving in, that's filling your, ple- like mm-hmm. filling a pleasure. It's a release of dopamine in your, to your brain. It's a, it's a sugar rush. It's a, you know, it's like, that's not dying yourself or presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Yeah. So we got, and then if you can learn to, if you can learn it, it, you know, discipline builds. So if you can learn to deny a slice of pizza, then when a different temptation that mm. you might put higher on the moral scale comes your way, you 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 already have that denying yourself in your at the foundation of yeah yeah in yeah. the foundation of it yeah yeah I agree and I I think I never really had an insane discipline with food I had a somewhat discipline but not not a great discipline mm-hmm. and since I can't have dairy or whatever now I it's it's required discipline yeah. and and because it's for my act like I you know can't swallow for a week if I have any of those things yeah mm-hmm. so that that's still discipline but it's it's more like Forced. I'm not, cho- I'm like, not choosing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it is bleeding in other areas. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you start to realize if I did all these things this whole time, I if I weren't eating as many carbs my whole life, and mm-hmm. then I would have more energy in the morning. I would, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. All right. So my segue is mine. The second one is idolizing celebrities. No, hoping your favorite celebrity is a Christian. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. Really? So this the the, the segue is the Daniel diet. Mm, is okay. what Chris Pratt does. Mm-hmm. And he got famous, not got famous, but he was well known for an interview with David Letterman or one of the late night guys where they asked him, go, how'd you get in shape for this movie? And he said, I did the Daniel diet. It's a, it's a biblical diet where you only eat grains and nuts and fruits. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh my gosh, this guy's like a religious nut. But wait, I thought he was, is, uh, is he a Christian? I believe, I believe he is. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> According to my thing. But I like it when I, when people that I like are Christians. And I get like excited affirming. about it. It's like, like affirming. It's yeah, like, oh, like, oh, I knew oh, I, I liked can, him. I can like you know? him, yeah. Um, even though, like, I don't see any, not saying for him, but I, I don't see any evidences of, of Christ in their life. But if I hear they're a Christian, like, I knew there was a reason. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I didn't realize that that was a even for comment, even for like, like sports like it was like oh big like when Ben Roethlisberger was like you know professing Christian when I first started watching you know football when I was a kid and I was like oh cool like I'm rooting for like a good guy you know. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, know, the I whole just stripper, think what, yeah yeah. Oh, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Big Al, like where it's like. I know a lot of them say that, you know, like, mm. but how many of them are actually living it? Right. Well, also, I, but at the same time, I don't know what it's like to be tempted under that limelight. Mm-hmm. True. To have arenas screaming your name, you know what I mean? Like being Steph Curry or something like that. Mm. He's made some decisions on the court where I'm like, I wouldn't do that if I was a Christian. Like, you know, yeah. And that many people staring at me. Like, yeah, I don't know how you're, you want to get your ego in the way. Like, oh, I, have, yeah, yeah. I have very little going for me, and yeah, I still so have somewhat like, of an ego, yeah, yeah. but, like, yeah. I can't imagine being the best at something. I mean, at something. Game 7, NBA Finals, everyone's cheering your name, mm. and you got to stay humble. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Cole, your turn. you got to pick one. Oh, boy. I, so, I want to talk about all of these, so this is going to be a four-hour pot. Sorry, guys. Well, not really, because we're moving quick through them. 
Yeah, but there's also like 40 on oh, here. Is there? Yeah, there's two pages. He said like 40. I think there's like oh, 32, boy. so he's okay, an exaggerator. Uh, when Christians exaggerate. I was kidding. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Um, All right, I'll pick uh, one for you. If you uh, don't go. I was going to say, I, I'm going to pick this one just because we started getting into this before the podcast. Um, the unspoken prayer requests. Okay. Um, so, Cole, bring us home. Why oh, is the unspoken? <laughs> so, I'll give you a context so you can explain why it bothers sure. you because people yeah. might not know what that means. Yeah. So, you're at a Bible study mm-hmm. and you're with people that, uh, let's let's just choose this scenario. So, you're sure. with people that you, you've been going to Bible study for a, a little bit of time. Yeah. Right, so you're friendly mm-hmm. with the people there, yeah. And you go around, you know, people are are, are opening up their heart, and they're saying, you know, my grandma is sick, or mm-hmm. you know, I got this going on in my life, I might lose my job, and then you get to Cole, and Cole says, "Oh, I I have an unspoken. Can you guys just pray for me?" All right. So why why does that bother you? It it's because it is no longer unspoken, and it feels like it is calling attention to yourself that there's something deeper that you want people to know, but you just can't tell them, and. It, it just it seems like you're just trying to draw attention to this prayer request that you might have. So you it's like, get oh, like I got the, a secret aw. that yeah, and everybody's like feeling bad for you or like or comes up to you afterwards and starts asking questions about it. And it was just a lore. And I, I I can't judge people's intentions for it, but that's what it comes off as. And but if I were to do it, it would be intentions. Yeah, I've, that, I've, I know that about me because I haven't. But I did it in youth group all the time. I <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm, I'm admitting to this, but I used to do it. I'd be like, oh, I have an unspoken. Just to see if somebody would ask a question, like mm-hmm. that's it's. See, but you're assuming, like, see if if somebody. Well, I guess not. And, and maybe that's where I'm assuming, cynical, and I'm I'm just assuming people. But what I'm saying is, same. you're you're assuming pity, and I would if I heard somebody say like I have an unspoken. I mean, that could be like, you know, I'm struggling with an addiction, and now mm-hmm. it's not like oh, now it's like what if the addiction is like stealing, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You stole like seven Murdering steaks addiction. at a shop, right? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like it's not like oh anymore. Now it's no. like mm-hmm. you don't want to admit to your, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying because by definition, it's no longer unspoken. You just brought it to light, but mm-hmm. now you're assuming the crowd or whoever you're, what your company can't handle. Yeah, what, whatever you just said. Your, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's almost like condescending. Mm-hmm. That's the way I would feel. So, I mean, how you how would you handle that in another way? Just be like, hey, guys, I'm struggling with something. I, I got people praying for me that know what that is, mm-hmm. but um, just you know, keep me in prayer. Mm-hmm. That sounds yeah. better than unspoken. Yeah, maybe it's the wording of it, the the word unspoken. Maybe that's what I have a problem with. But uh, yeah, because something you're, like you're, I'm, I'm you're struggling with something. You're literally doing exactly what yeah. opposite of what the word says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So I I agree. I got the same vibe for that one, but it wouldn't be like my 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 go to yeah. um, pet peeve. All right. So Joe, do you want to go? Oh. Um... Uh, this is an easy one. So this one we can just talk about. Where, where uh, you... uh, side hugs. In church. So we've all had that uncomfortable moment in church, right? I think we have. Not necessarily side hugs, but just hugging in general and like how to greet people and Mm -hmm. with the holy kiss, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, uh, There are certain people that are huggers only. Right, they're 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 notorious for their hugs, and they're going in for it. And I I almost like I like the fact that if you're known as the hugger, like you know what's coming, Mm -hmm. you know, so you don't have to like. You know, do we do we clap up? Do we side hug? Do I have to worry? You'd probably be uncomfortable if I do hug them. It's like he's coming in. I know what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm giving. Yeah. But um, especially for I think in youth group, the side hug is just so uncomfortable because it's yep. like you're trying to pretend like you don't want to hug the person, but you mm-hmm. do, and it never looks natural. Nope. <laughs> no. What do you think? I, know, I, don't, I mean, I don't really. Like, I don't know. Have you um, never experienced the side hug? The shug, as, I as remember, it is but remember, to? I didn't grow up in youth group. Nobody, mm. nobody, we didn't get that. I missed all the awkward ages. Would you say the shug? 
The side hug? The side hug. No. I, got, I didn't um, hear you, so you're good. Uh, no, I didn't, like, grow up necessarily in a youth group, so I didn't – that's the age really where mm-hmm. it's – because right now, I'm in, I'm 30 – right now, I'll just run up and hug someone if I wanted to or – Yeah. You know, like I – Now I'm imagining Joe running across the sanctuary just to hug somebody. No, I mean, just yeah. generally, I don't think to hug somebody necessarily, Same. you know, but if I wanted to, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even th- – I wouldn't be like, let me, let me half hug them. Mm-hmm. That's weird to me, like, mm. either commit or don't, like – I, no, is that- yeah, no, I agree, and that's why it's it's just. But I can see what all like the nerves of being a teenager. Everything's like awkward when you're a teenager. Yeah, exactly. So like make the hugs make sense. Um, yeah, and certain people just don't like to be hugged, just yeah. in general. Yeah. Regardless of the pandemic, <laughs> they just yeah. don't like to be I hugged. Always, I wish we get wearing that until, yeah, somebody, <laughs> until somebody says something. Yeah. Um, what's the hand squeeze? What does that mean? So when someone holds your hand way too long or squeezes it too tight to like assert dominance in church. How's it going, brother? And they put their hand out, and then it either, like, they squeeze too long and just and keep looking at the fingers. eyes, mm-hmm. um, and they're trying to, like, just show that they're... Or they'll talk to you the whole time. With As they're holding, holding your hand. Yeah, holding your hand in the handshake. Yeah. You're like, I can't focus on the conversation. You should let go 15 seconds ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, this is... I saved this for marriage for a reason, buddy. Like, what are we doing here? Um, you know, like, there's not that... I, I, you know, all that touching should be for resolve oh. for marriage. Got it. What do, you, what do you think I was going for? I don't for? know. I was like, right. do you shake your wife's hand a lot? Is that a, is that no, a thing? No, but I'm just saying I don't want to hold anybody's hand. Oh, my okay. Wife, no, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Okay. <laughs> what is, what, um, some of these are wild. Uh, owning multiple Bibles and not reading any mm. of them. Mm. That's just we would never know. Yeah, and that's just sad. That's not like a funny that's, one. Yeah. Um, however, I, sometimes I do feel convicted about having more than one Bible. That's a weird conviction. Is it? I think so. I'm just thinking because like there's there's people who don't have any who, who, yeah. who hold on to pages. But it's not like and you're we, pulling it out of their hands, you know. No, I know, but I could be giving it away. I don't even know how I would get it to them. No, I'm talking about like the Breakfast Club on Saturday. Oh yeah, just like yeah. hand it out. I, yeah, you know I mean, I mean we, like, and I'm just thinking like there's an overabundance of Bibles. We could, I mean, we've been giving Bibles out and still had some left over, you know. So if it was like, no, I know that, but I, yeah, no, I'm just saying it's just it's just weird to me that there's just Bibles, there's people, just the I know I know, I know it's all theoretical, mm-hmm. but just the idea that there's people yeah. who would wish to have a Bible, and mm-hmm. I have four on my shelf collecting dust. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one I read all the time, but then there's four just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. I had I had a favorite Bible, and um, when I was 16, I went to Tijuana, and there was just a guy that needed one. I just gave it. It was like my Bible. I had it my whole yeah, childhood, yeah. and I just like gave it to him mm-hmm. in a second because I knew when I went home, I could just access it unlimited. You know, and he was sitting there in Tijuana, so. I don't know. Yeah, so, all right. Um, selfies oh with... Oh, my gosh, there's a second page to Bible I thought, we from, I thought we were moving quick. Guys, great. we're equipped. Uh, we're we're um, ready. So, all right, so selfies with Bible verses. We've already had an episode on social media, mm-hmm. but we, you know, how many times have you seen a oh, picture boy. of someone and then underneath is a Bible verse that's completely irrelevant to what's in the picture? And it's really just trying to say, like, I'm pretty and here's a verse that goes along with my prettiness here i mean i don't know like here's a fake reason for me to post this picture basically yeah i'm trying yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to think of an occasion like what bible verse would go with a selfie beautifully and wonderfully created wow that that was a good one yeah that was nice off the top of the head wow yeah well i'm saying that's that's what i've seen that's why i knew it (laughs) oh okay yeah i mean that's kind of like arrogant though yeah, that's just my, well, and but sometimes it's not like a picture like a that's secular, ultra flattering. It's like you, like you praising and you're saying beautifully, wonderfully, sort of like saying you're beautiful inside and out. You know, I mean, which okay, is true. That, yeah, mm-hmm. but that, but yeah, let other people recognize it. Right, you know? no, dumb. Stay humble. 
Um, All right. But yeah, I feel like I feel like ninety nine percent of that is just a, it's it's just a way to post something about yourself. You know, it's like the whole uh, the Lou Gehrig's disease, whatever that. What was the thing? The ice bucket oh, challenge? Uh, yeah, ice bucket with ALS. The ALS thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. remember that? Yeah, it's a throwback. That yeah, throwback. it was like let me show off my abs by pretending that I'm going to do something good for like yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's why I was humble. That's why I didn't show my abs off. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. So um, another one. I'm just what? gonna keep going until Cole jumps in. I mean, no, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm so also... some of these I don't know what they mean. It sounds like you guys like. So what yeah, is accountability? Ha- I'm, I'm, assu- I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Um, what is? I, can't, I don't know what would be the negative thing about that. I don't really know what the the connotation for accountability partners would be. Because I mean, if you didn't want that, it sounds like you're just dodging. Accountability. Yeah, well, I'm actually I'm reading a really good book right now called uh, Finally Free, and there's a whole chapter. Huh? I just started too. Did you? Yeah. And by what's his name? Oh man, I'll I'll let you go. It was recommended by the Just Thinking podcast one that I listened to, and uh, one of the chapters on accountability partners and how they're actually supposed to work, and it was so convicting. What? What? Give me a quick synopsis. Uh, Oh man, I put him on the. No, no, no. I read. I, I literally read it last night before I went to bed. Um, it was just basically your accountability partner has to be someone with authority over you somewhere in your life so that you can be held accountable with consequences. Mm, so like your, your, account, your accountability partner should be like a yeah. pastor or a pa- – not a parent. Uh, it depends on how old you are, a parent or like a spouse or um, – and I don't mean authority over you as in they have to be above you, but like someone who if you mess up, you're going to suffer, not just you feel uncomfortable letting them know. So if you're, you're an alcoholic or you struggle with looking at things online, like something like that, um, if you mess up – there are serious consequences. Yeah, to there it. needs to be consequences. So I like that, and now that that takes a whole nother level to it for me. Hmm. Um, if you have an accountability partner, it's usually just your buddy. In my in my experience, it does. But I, I'm 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 misunderstanding a little bit. Like, how much of it doesn't it just come down to the honor system? Really? What do you mean? Sorry. Uh, let's say you're a closet alcoholic, mm-hmm. and you have an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. So the day's over, you go home and you drink at night, and you, wake, and you go to sleep, and how, well, how does he know? Usually, the accountability partner is like checking in on you. Yeah. So what would that? What would that? What does that look I, like? Though? Like I just mean, showing up at your house, like you know. Yeah. So the the one of the qualifications was that they have full access to your house. So okay. Like, so that's, if you're, so that's what I'm if you're struggling yeah. with like drugs or something, they have full act, not like they're gonna abuse it and do anything weird, but like yeah. if they come over to your house, they're allowed to just walk in your room and look where look you know where you need to go. And and it's for they he basically suggested for a ministry if you serve a ministry and you ask your pastor um, that you should ask your pastor to be your partner, and they you know the accountability is you can't serve anymore if you don't get a hold of this. Um and and not that black and white, but at the same but also, time, I like, mean, if it, everybody can't ask their pastor, like. No, that would be. It had to be like like ministry leaders, though. Like, yeah, yeah, you're talking there. Yeah, so I like that one. Um, no, to answer your earlier question, it's by Heath Lambert. Heath Lambert, yeah. But what do you think they meant by accountability partners? I don't know. Like, if you're, if, I'm assuming they're assuming that you're not doing it the right way. Yeah, and you're just like lying to one another. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. I wrote this one really quick, just as a, a cliff note. I don't remember what the it was. It was from one of the articles. I don't remember what the actual. Oh, he's what about. So, okay. No, I don't. Maybe he just like needs one. You know, Dude. Cole, do you need an accountability? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So this one is is kind of funny, and this is gonna you know strike a nerve with some of you guys. But you can. So the word is overzealous worship leaders. Okay. Mm-hmm. So overly excitable, cheesy worship leaders. And I, I mean, I can think of moments, and I follow a couple Instagram accounts that are uh, they're like Christian Instagram accounts that post funny things that worship leaders do. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm thinking of them when I see that, but like they're just so cheesy. Could this also extend to pastors as well? 
Mm. Or is it just yeah. worship? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so wait, what do we mean? Can we unpack that? What do we mean by o- overzealous? So, for example, that's a good because, question. But, because here's my question. Yeah. I think the difference between an overzealous worship leader and a passionate one. And a passionate one, right? Yeah, that was, thank you for filling it because I had no gotcha. idea where. I think the difference between an overzealous one and a passionate one is their ability to sing. If they're the singer. So, for example, if you have somebody who's not the best singer go on this long ad lib run and they're, not, and they're not that good, you're like, okay, this is just an overzealous. But if you have somebody like, uh, you know, like a Daisy from Red Rocks or something like that and just do this big ad lib, like, wow, that's passion. You know what I mean? It's mo- now move. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's the, like, what do they mean by overzealous? So Unless now, you're like, I can tell you what I'm like thinking, like, but I don't know if it's what they were thinking. Like, I'm thinking the speaking in between. I'm thinking like the oh, like the talking. cheesy little ad libs and 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 like just talking about like so I saw one recently one is one of like the fails it was like um it was love ran red is what they were singing mm. and that she stopped and she was like you know I was listening to Taylor Swift's new album that came out that was okay. based off the old one <laughs> called Red and it just reminded me as I'm listening to it because she put the album out and then it got changed by her her editor and then she came out with one years later and she she said singing. all this in a song yeah that, wow. like yeah she went and broke down I just was thinking you know that we we had this life and then God gave us His Red and then it made our, and and saved us and like and and Taylor I like, mean she came out with her yeah she 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 came out with her red and it's it's like saving us in a time where we're going through like a tough time her music not in a salvation way but like saving us from like our depression and so she was like in the same way that Taylor Swift is offering us red Jesus did as well and let's sing this one more time wow. with love red red and it was like holy wow. mo- how you I mean the, the, she had to have been removed from the spot <laughs> seconds after that I don't know, man. Set I think there are the, the churches that we see complain about and all these deconstructionist ones are where those are happening. You know, all those deconstructionist accounts. They're complaining about those worship leaders. Wow. Um, okay, but that, like, even that same connection, I'm just shocked that she brought in Taylor Swift. Like that same connection, yeah. even though it was a long segue with like a, but if a Christian artist, I'll just mm-hmm. say Carrie Job. Yeah. It, it, it would help a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Like, with like, in my opinion, when pastors, youth pastors, and and worship leaders try to get like overly culturally relevant in their mm-hmm. little ad libs, that's where I, mm-hmm. that's where I'm like, oh, the overzealous, like you're trying to, oh, uh, well, cultural relevance, when yeah, you're trying to, like, I've seen pastors make like drop it like it's hot references. I'm like, Jesus, but do you consider that zealous? I don't consider that. I consider that. Yeah, I would say that's like another. I would say it's trying to be culturally yeah. okay. culturally relevant, but it's a good segue. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I've I've never seen it in person where I that I've never been to a place where I felt like they were overzealous or whatever I was describing. Like, oh, I've one hundred percent been to. I have a story. I think I've told it. Did I tell it? I think. I, stop me if I've told the story. Okay. But you were with me, Cole. What time? We went to a tell, church. Tell me the story. We okay. <laughs> I wasn't there, so keep going either way. Right? I will stop me if you heard this, and I'm pretty sure I've told this. So if you guys don't stop me, I'm going to be offended. Okay. Uh, I went. Me and Cole. Um, oh. And a couple others went <laughs> to a church. I forgot. And we were in their lobby. Mm-hmm. Is this ringing any bells yet? No. Okay. We were in their lobby, just just sitting there to chat, and and the the song playing through the house through like their seventy mm-hmm. volt, whatever you want to call it, the PA system. Yeah. The PA system, yeah, was a secular rap like R and B song. Yeah, I said I said it. Yeah, you heard this? Yeah, I did hear that part. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, long yeah. story. So, I don't know if I said it on here or not, but whatever. Long story short is, I confronted the pastor, and he what? was he was he was pretending like he'd never heard the song, and that they have no control over what songs they pick. And it wasn't just secular; there was curse words in it. Like it was like sexual. Oh, the song was called Coca- Coke and Henny. Hennessy, yeah. It was about cocaine oh and Henny. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's bad that we knew the song, but at the same time, like playing it in the church is like. Oh yeah, I mean that's two 
different yeah. thing. Yeah. One's, yeah, one's <laughs> she's I can't imagine. And when I confronted him about it, he was like, oh, what? that's crazy. And like, you know what I mean? If, <laughs> if I was the pastor, I would make a beeline to the thing. And I would yeah, like, just like, oh, my God, their... change it. Like, change, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he just, he just wanted to go and talk to somebody else. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. And, you know, but that's just like even, well, whatever. I don't want to say. That's me judging. But I was going to say just just the way that I wouldn't, I was not surprised because mm-hmm. they were trying so hard to be culturally relevant. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, these are the churches with like everyone's got the same jeans. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it's like jeans with rips, yeah. It's like I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you need to have Yeezys on when you're preaching. You know, it's like, mm. yeah. Would yeah. you say wallet chains? Yeah, is that a thing? Is, is that it? That it's thing? where you see when the little chain goes from the like the bull- yeah. Yeah, well, is that is that a current thing? I thought that was nineties. No, like. the Schmidt wears that in the new girl. So that's what I was thinking of. Oh, uh, oh. Huh. no, okay. it is a nineties thing. But I, usually, I see like chains hanging from jeans. I thought that was a thing. Oh, no. yeah. See, we don't we don't even know enough to be close. I know. <laughs> so cold. We're very clearly not culturally relevant. All right, so I'm. I've brought up like all of them, so I, I, sh- I should I, stop talking. Um, all right, I'm gonna bring another one up. Um, so the word saying the word "just" in prayers. This is this is is this new to you? Yeah, or may, may, not new to me, but I've. It's not something that I've noticed. So when you're around, and I'm sure you could see even think of things that I say too often, but like when you mm-hmm. pray around somebody often and enough and out loud, like you just start to pick up on like you know things they repeat, and I do think it's not unhealthy to repeat the same prayer you know parts of prayer if that's if that's consistently a part of your prayer life and mm-hmm. not just a filler yeah i think you should uh, there's nothing wrong with that but the word just okay um, and it's because i think as a, as a public speaking teacher i think that mm-hmm. people are afraid of pauses and silence mm-hmm. and instead of just waiting for i'm doing it now instead of just waiting for the the awkward silence and and i think that actually engages people more that awkward silence mm-hmm. a little bit when you pause for a second because you're like where's he going yeah yeah yeah. yeah and so they god come you know fill this place and just fill our hearts instead of saying god come fill this place just fill our hearts just fill us with the holy spirit like when you start saying so just is like a comma or and just is like, like and, and yeah and it fills the space, and I think that space is necessary. And so, from a public speaking standpoint, it's mm-hmm. it, it's like I start to twitch. Right, so let me ask, let me let me ask this question: Do you think? Yes. Do you think that we is that for effect? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I actually, I actually just zoned. Okay. Do you think that we pray too long as a society or culture? Oh, I know that sounds weird, huh. but we know like the longest recorded prayer in the Bible is like two minutes. Hmm. Hmm. So where did that switch go? Where now it's like we feel like we need to pray for like it doesn't count if it's not five minutes long or, or you know or at least hmm. include every prayer request that was mentioned or yeah. everything that our church is going through right now or you know like th- like I feel like when somebody says like a, a thirty second prayer bang in and out th- like people feel like oh that was it that, yeah or it was not passionate mm-hmm. or it was not meant you know or mm-hmm. something like that like. Do you think that's biblical? Do you think we just lost something, or do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think as long as it's a the, it's a product of an active prayer life, it's fine. So, like, I, you know, Pastor Vince, when I when I first started playing on the worship team when I was like fifteen or sixteen years old, his I remember specifically sitting with Rue and like Sherry Linglebach and all these people. Shouts um, out. Yeah, shouts out. Uh, and Dan Bruy, you know, he was a lead guitarist yeah. at the time, and sitting back and and hearing Pastor Vince just say, "God, you are good." And like that was his prayer. I was like, "What the heck? He's supposed to have the longest one, you know?" Yeah. <laughs> He's a pastor, and I think that you know, he, if you're praying without ceasing, unless you're trying to, you know, 
prove something, you don't need to always have 10-minute mm-hmm. prayers. Right. But I do think that there, once in a while, God stirs people to pray for a long no, time. No, no, I'm not saying know? that. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm just saying just in general, I mm-hmm. feel like – I'm trying to give an example. But let's just say we were uh, – we, like this when we pray for this podcast, you know, I was just like, God, let our words be yours and be glorified in us. Amen. Yeah. Mm. Like, I, But I feel like people are like, oh, all right, well – that was, would you, were you, guys, were you somewhere to be, you know, were you yeah. rushing? So yeah, it's like, what, <laughs> like, but it's like, no, that was every word of that was no. genuine and meant. And yeah, I think, I think like what Adam was saying with the consistent prayer life and like kind of what you're saying, if it's meant for that moment, that prayer is meant to be for that moment. That's why you're praying in that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. So if everything you're saying is meant, then it, it's enough. Yeah. I, like, I felt a, a certain level of inauthenticity in it's why at our Bible study, I try to change up the prayer before, uh, in all, in authenticity with like, mm-hmm, uh, that word, uh, it, with you hearing everybody say their prayer request in a group of 25 people mm-hmm. and then be expected to like know them when you pray and then just listing them off. Right. That's weird to me. Sometimes. I think that's weird because it's like a checklist and you make sure everybody's feelings aren't hurt that you hit their yeah, grandma, yeah. you know? And for me, I, uh, that's why I like you guys write them down now. So throughout the week, you can commit you can those to prayer. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a really healthy way to, to get to get past that. But I also, I mean, I think that God stirs inside of me when I hear people's prayer requests, their requests more than others. Like I'll hear, like I think the Holy Spirit stirs us to pray for people, you know, in certain ways. Yeah, and yeah. so if I'm hearing Cole say something and then I hear Joe say something, I might not even remember what Joe says, but like God really put it on my heart Whatever to pray reason, for Cole yeah. for that week. And I don't yeah. think there's any, and yeah, his unspoken. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any problem with, with not out loud praying for the other 20. It's like, you know, yeah, I yeah. Kind of, uh, you know, please be with Cole with mm-hmm. his unspoken. Um, I don't know. So I think there's this, it's part of just a routine now and it's a little yeah. less authentic than it could be. Um, but just a side note, but to segue back to our first one, do you know how many times when I've been like asked to pray for like the food or pray before food and it, and it's like pizza or something like that? I just want to say something like snarky, like like God, thank you, thank God that you're a God of miracles. Uh, help do something to bless this food to our bodies, you know, because it's not, you know, like, yeah. I just want to be like because job serious. I really think like that, which is an issue. But like, God, you change water into wine. Yeah, please Can change, change pizza, pizza into, into the, the yeah, lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this cheesy bread, yeah. like make it, make it nourish me somehow. Yeah, like, but I mean, oh, I know we're laughing, but at the same time, no, the, 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 I really genuinely. Well, I'm laughing and not like making. I, I was speaking to someone recently who, whose husband went on a missions trip overseas, and yeah. you know he had some health issues, and 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 when he Where went overseas, Nicaragua. Okay. Nicaragua. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't need to name him, but he went and he had some health issues before he went, and so he was struggling while he was down there, and he didn't have access to good food, and in terms of food that he was getting violently sick from the food that he was eating, and he was isolated and couldn't go anywhere else, mm-hmm. and um, she was telling me how he uh, one night just said, "God, like I need you to make this nourishing to my body because mm-hmm. I I can't serve you unless you do," mm-hmm. and just prayed and prayed and prayed, and that day, like he. For some reason, he just had all the – the food became what God needed it to be for him. Yeah. And I don't know if – you know, I don't know the full yeah. circumstance, but all I know is he prayed and God answered that prayer and he was able to do mm-hmm. his ministry. And in that in that sense – And that setting is very different. It makes very it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Like, God, please make this nourishing to my body because yeah. I have no other choice. I'm not here doing no, What you're saying yeah, yeah. is you have other choices. Yeah. You know, Maplewood's mm-hmm. open. You can order salads whenever. You right, know? right. Shout out yeah. to Maplewood. Yeah. Bernie Reeves. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I'm guessing that I'm guessing the just is the same as the one right below it, Father God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just using Constant, that as a filler. Constantly 
it's it's not wrong to use like God's name, but it just feels like it's it's filling for what you're you're trying to say. Yeah. But I think that's what I'm saying. Back to my thing. I, I think these fillers are because we feel this pressure to pray longer okay. than you know what I mean. Hmm. And you would never use fillers if 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 we were all, all content with just like a thirty second prayer. Hmm. You wouldn't like people. People feel obligated to go on longer, and now they need now now they need nineteen Father Gods in there. To and, and I think sometimes they want people to pray in the and this is going to be dangerous too, but pray in the atmosphere that they want to create. So you'll hear worship leaders, and they'll have like the the pads in the back, mm, and, yeah, then, and yeah, then the music will slow down, and you know that the pastor's about to come up, and you'll hear like a worship leader be kind of almost like pr- pray in the the key. Yeah, the voice is breathier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, breathier, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff, and and, and that's you can, when you can hear them hear draw, the Father God's, and, and you can hear them drawing it out as the chord progression goes along, and you're yeah, like they're trying to time it, trying and, to time yeah, it. Yeah, and it's when you're just forcing all every aspect of service to Christ into an atmosphere. You know, and that's when. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's some wrong in that, but I think there's also some right in that in the sense of like you're trying to not make awkward, obvious mm-hmm. transition. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. like weird moments. You're trying to get everything to flow, flow. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I think some, you know, I definitely think sometimes it's forced, and you're trying to create this atmosphere, and sometimes you're just trying to make it smooth from one thing to another. But yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So this is a, this is one. That I've heard a lot in the past and used, and so I'll be hypocrite and say <laughs> the phrase, I'll pray about it. Oh, boy. Oh, when someone gosh. asks you a question. Yeah. That's like what my mom used to say, maybe, and I knew it meant no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There there have honestly been times in Bible studies where somebody has said that, and I, I want to be like, do you really mean that? Yeah. I can just call them out on it, like, do you really mean that? But then at the same yeah. time, I'll do it, too. I'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll pray I don't about do that. it. I don't do, I haven't done it in a while. I don't. I've, I've tried in the past, and... You guys can call me out more on this now, now that I'm putting this out there, where if somebody says something and I say, I'll pray about it, I'll, like, do it, like, right then. Like, right at the right, yeah, right right yeah, and you got to mm-hmm. follow up yeah. with them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're praying for somebody for something, and then follow up with them yeah. like, a day or two later. Like, how's God working how's, in your Yeah, life? What's, how's it going? How's mm-hmm. it, like, how did that thing go? Well, like, you got, if you're yeah. praying about it, you will remember it. Yeah. And that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one, I just, I just feel sometimes it's inauthentic just like the other ones where i'll pray about it it's just like shut up yeah that's what it's i know it sounds dramatic but it seems yeah. like you know can we you know do you mind if we do this differently during the worship service or do this differently at church like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll pray, pray yeah it. i'll pray about it that mm-hmm. means that means no and just say no be a man of, <laughs> yeah be a no man of your word um you're a man of your word. yeah <laughs> yeah and again if if you really mean it great yeah like there, but there is that's there, not true. Usually. There is time for like godly counsel and <laughs> yeah, like to, to be praying about certain things, but then actually pray about that certain thing and get back to the person. There's there's also that where you're talking about you ask somebody a question like oh I'll pray about it, and then they never get back to well, you. That's what I'm talking it's about. Like that's a clear evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you know that's a clear evidence that they're praying about it if they come back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like because mm-hmm. that's been on their mind. They've mm-hmm. been they've been praying about. It. Yeah, yeah. And I, I there are certain people that I know will. Like I know, if Pastor Brent says it, he means it, and he's mm-hmm. gonna be praying about it, and he'll be burdened, you know. Yeah. So, what's the what is it? Sowing a seed. Bro, stop picking the ambiguous. Ones. Yeah, that's another one. I, again, I, I wrote down quickly, and does that mean like if is that like almost prosperity? Like if you sow a seed, you'll be blessed. It says sowing a seed hyphen you'll be blessed. Dude, I, I don't know. I'm not. Criticizing you, I'm, I'm, no, I'm saying what did the look article at me? mean? I, I don't know. I'm not looking. I'm looking at the thing. Okay. So this this is another one 
that you guys can unpack. The, so this is a phrase that I didn't see necessarily wrong when I read it, but apparently there's a context, and I'll see if you can figure out what they were trying to say. So Which, The one you're highlighting? Uh, yeah. When, when God, God cl- closes a door. He opens a window. Nice. We complete each other's sentences. Um. Un- unprompted. <laughs> All right. Not like it's written um, down in front of you. No. no. It was cute. It was yeah. cute. So um, when God closes a door, he opens a window. I have heard that before. Mm-hmm. When, when one door closes, another door opens. How, yeah. how, how, that, might, how that might be wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the only thing I can think of is the fact that God clearly closes a door, but then that's implying that there's another way to get to what you want secretly. Oh, uh, okay. Or like a roundabout way of a getting around way. what to God To get wants. what you thought yeah. the door should be open for. Because anyway. God like kind of opened this place over here to get the same thing that you wanted. Because the whole opens doors and closes other ones is a metaphor to it's literally other houses. Like it's other places, and this yeah. makes it sound like it's one place. Like so God closes doors, so you're like, I'll go in the window. Oh, yeah. I'll, go, <laughs> I'll sneak through the window. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think sometimes when God closes a door, you're at the wrong address. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe you're in the complete wrong way and God's trying to push you I in another direction. I was more thinking, yeah, that's kind of what, like, mm-hmm. but that's somewhat biblical, just not said in the most biblical way. Yes, it is somewhat. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I was just thinking Acts 16. So when uh, Paul and his companions travel throughout the region of mm-hmm. Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he closed the door to Asia, opened yeah. it somewhere else. There's, yes. There's even, uh, oh, I'm really open the window references, but, um, where it, it's in the Gospels where he talks about preaching the gospel and spreading the good news. And he says, if they're not going to listen, just brush dust off. Your, brush off your clothes. Yeah, dust off yeah. the clothes and move like, on to the Jay-Z next one. Yeah, that, right? Yeah. Brush yeah. <laughs> your shoulders off? Yeah. yeah. If you yeah. feel like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so as a remix, we can do one. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, brushing your shoulders off. Well, so the, the, the concept is, is, is similar, but sometimes God closes the door because it's supposed to be closed. Yeah. yeah. And there's no need to go and find a window on the side of the house. But if mm-hmm. they're implying that there's a, I think it'd be better if it said when God closes the door, um, it's part of his will. Look for a door somewhere else that he's going to open. I don't know. I don't know if you need all that, but if what's implied is that you just got to keep trying it, roundabout ways, that's it not doesn't right. flow as much. But the idea is better. I like yeah, it. yeah. Thanks. I'm all gonna right. make a T-shirt with a paragraph. <laughs> instead of that. All right. So this one is interesting. I feel like there's parts that are interesting. Basing your theology on one verse, usually your favorite verse, but I think I don't think people base their theology on that. I think people based on their Their focus on what they want their daily lives to mm. like they keep coming back to this one verse consistently. Let me give an example. I'm trying, like, I don't base my whole like, I like um, Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. So, nailed it. So, um, I every day I'm thinking, like, every day I'm thinking, like, we should not be conformed to this world, we should look different, we should mm-hmm. be set apart, we should, but I don't base salvation, I don't base my whole every doctrine on it. Yeah. But, but I, you're but basing it is, your, your but it, day-to-day. My day-to-day, oh. how okay. my life should be lived. As So I don't think – you know what I mean? So maybe that is – I don't know. Based my – what's the theology for like how you live every day? Your mentality. Like maybe – I don't know. Well, good theology would change your mentality every day. You know, it's supposed to be actionable. Yeah, but – yeah. Well, but I if, think theology, I think your comprehensive understanding of God hmm. and the study of – I agree, but I think the good – the good version of theology breeds action. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you can have that. Like, uh, the, this is a verse that that I think Christians quote often, and I I love the verse. It's Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, and so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
I mean, I love that verse, but I feel like I hear it a lot. Um, and I think it's because it's, it regards the inerrancy yeah, God say, breathed. Like it's because attacked. it's under attack right yeah. now. But there's got if it's only said if we can only say, I know there's more. I was, yeah, yeah. There's other verses, so it would be helpful if we started referencing, you know, Second mm-hmm. Peter as well, mm-hmm. where he talks about that, so that we could you know start having a more well-rounded. I don't know. Well, yeah, instead of relying Jesus, on that one verse, or even Jesus before, um, not one jot or thittle will pass away before, mm-hmm. whatever the rest of the verse is. Yeah, I forget it. Yeah, I think we, I think we should do another episode in the future on the inerrancy of Scripture. Yeah, um, because it's being attacked so much right now um, by some numbskulls. So we gotta we gotta get that. That's I mean, what they are. Uh, <laughs> they're leading people away from Jesus. Man, I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, that was the most polite way I could say like well, bad people. Was pretty polite. Yeah, N- numbskull. Numbskulls. Um, cool. We have some more that need to be crossed off and bother me a little bit. All right. Okay. Um. I'm on my phone trying to do this. I'm a little, a little slow. Yes. So how about, uh, and we can go to the verse for this one too, um, judging. So it's not your place to judge. Hmm. Where are you at? Um, I highlighted the one second from the bottom. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just got to the second page. Some of these are wild. It's not your place to judge. So there's a few on here that have actually some pretty high theological significance. So I don't know how deep we can get onto some of them, into some of them, but it's not your place to judge. So, I mean, you're looking at judge, not right. Diverse. Lest you be judged. judged. Um, I think that that's a very narrow context. So let's, 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 let's look that one up. Um, Yeah. Unless you be judged. So that's like the number one. Every time you're like, you know, I don't know if that person should be having three wives. Judge not, or you shall be judged. Yeah. I can't um, judge them. Yeah. So it says judge not, you will be judged in Matthew seven, one through three. Um, I have the King James up, but, um, you know, get through the vows for uh, with the, what judgment uh, that you judge, you shall be judged, and what measure um, that you make, it shall also be made to you. I'm, I'm trying to translate as I go. So, and uh, why beholdest thou? Well, hold on, I got to. <laughs> I can't translate this. Okay. Do not judge, or you'll be judged too. And with what measure? Oh my gosh, you went back to it again. Got it. Why do you look at the speck and salt us in your own brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? So there's a qualification immediately after that in verse three right. that you can only you can't judge people who are struggling with the same exact sin that you are, and if yours is even worse. Right. So like try to cleanse yourself before you try to you know pull. And mm-hmm. I think that's just common sense. I mean, um, that's why so often I'm like so hesitant sometimes when I should try to you know judge and and help people out when because I'm so scared of being the guy with the plank. Yeah. Um, to the point where sometimes there's been people I should have reproved and I haven't because I just, I'm nervous about looking like a hypocrite. But at the same time, we're all, we, we're all hypocrites. Um, yeah. I, I'm never correcting, I'm never reproofing anybody or approving anybody, um, for something I don't also make mistakes in. I mean, we're all mm-hmm. sinners in every category. But yeah. You know, so I, if I'm waiting for myself to be holy before I start helping people out, it, it's not really going to work. Right, right. By the way, shouts out to Sharon Haley because we look good right now. We do. Um, I just know. I just. I just. Re, no, it's not. I just re-remembered that we all got fresh haircuts. So. Re-remembered. Re-remembered. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
Like I'm, I think re the only one you only need one. Just the one re. Just remembered. But yeah. what if? But I had already remembered. <laughs> you remembered it, and now you remember. Yeah, I had remembered it earlier. I just didn't say anything, and then okay. I just and then I just remembered it again. However you want to say so that. Re-re- yeah. I re remembered it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, we, we're a couple of cute kids. But okay, let's go back. Uh, <laughs> a couple of cute kids. I haven't been called that ever. Um, <laughs> um, this world has nothing for me. Oh, this one I actually yeah yeah, yeah so. I wrote this one down. I mean, I don't know if we're nitpicking now, but I mean that's kind of nitpicking. Yeah, it is because uh, a lot of people say that like, oh, I'd, like this world has nothing for me. I'm looking for for heaven, yeah. but quite literally, the reason we are still on Earth is for the people who are still on Earth. Yeah, we're fishers to yeah be fishers of men to spread the gospel. So there is something quite literally here on Earth for you to do. Mic drop. That's there you go. Yeah. Literally, don't drop the mic. Okay. This one's the. I'm on to the next one. Are we? Okay, yeah, no, that's Sorry. Yeah, if you just want to you show. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. That's cool. I just saw it. this one, and this one is huge. I asked Jesus into my heart. Oh, yeah, that was my next one. Yep. Oh. So, why are you doing that, bro? It's not in the Bible. I mean, it's not. Oh, you just yelled. I thought you were talking to me for a no, second. No, not you, but uh, I'm saying, well, uh, do you want him to be the Lord of your life, or do you want him, a little man to crawl inside your organs? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, don't get him going. <laughs> okay. Here he goes. <laughs> that phrase is so commonly used. Oh my god! I mean, it's been, <laughs> you're going to have to go in the other room. <laughs> I wonder how that sounds through a mic. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I just I, it, there's so many it's scriptures about how to how to how to have salvation. Yeah, and it's just not one of them, and it's a phrase that's frustrating because it confuses people. Is it a is it a mind thing? Is it a heart thing? Is you know, and I it's think, just so clear. Like, in, I think it, the, it comes from the confess with your mouth. Yeah, and believe, and believe in, your in your heart. That's what I was saying. Like, that's where people get it from. So, yeah, do you believe in your heart? Have you accepted him in your heart? Because like, believing is accepting thing something. I guess is what they're. But we, yeah, and because we, we run we, we run away from the repent word mm. because people think repent is just like confessing your sins in front of a mm-hmm. bunch of people and you know but repent is really just a changing of your mind it's a turning back you know it's a, it's a to turn around your mind so but that's really what you're doing is like you're, you're changing your mind on who jesus is mm-hmm. yeah I, I would feel much more comfortable if it, it qualified the condition of the heart in that because in that part it's just asking jesus to come into who you are but you're not saying that you are a sinful unholy terrible person and right, you which need, is that's that's the recognition that's the, the recognition yeah right. and i think that that is that phrase is used as an all-encompassing you know just ask jesus into your heart ask jesus into your heart it's like okay but if that's said it's got to be a small phrase in a much larger message like why does he need to be into your heart what is so terrible about your heart mm-hmm. that, is there anything terrible about your heart that he needs to be there and that's what i really like about like uh this is a little off segue but like ray comfort and when they do mm-hmm. like these people who do like these street ministries where it's like I mean not all of them but I'll just use him like they really focus on like how wretched we are and like mm-hmm. don't just go out there on the streets and and let people recognize their own wretchedness mm-hmm. which is one of the main necessities you need you need a savior because you're mm-hmm. just horrible mm-hmm. um and that's but, what we're talking about when you recognize yeah, how dark yeah. your sin is that that's where grace comes in and if you just simplify it, and I, maybe that's just – maybe I'm being overly critical. I don't know. But yeah, it bothers I mean, me for adults. You don't need to say that anymore. Like if you're talking to little kids and you're trying to give them an analogy, yeah, um, that yeah. makes more sense. Like you have a heart and Jesus around it or something. But We should um, do an episode on like the heaviness and like the weight of sin. We should, man. Okay. What's the next one? 
Ooh, um, I am forgiven. <laughs> what? I am forgiven, not perfect. I am forgiven, not perfect. So, like, when somebody, when anybody makes a mistake, it's instantly like, "I'm forgiven, not perfect." Like, okay, but it's it's. I don't think anybody is asking you to be perfect, and this is coming from someone who views himself as a perfectionist. I think everybody wants me to be perfect, but nobody really is asking you to be perfect. They're asking you to be just do a job. Yeah, do a job. Be transformed. Yeah. Be like, be trying. Don't you don't mm-hmm. have to be perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, why do you have to announce it? Yeah. It's like, I'm forgiven, not perfect. We know. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah okay. we all are. That's, yeah. You know. Yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. It's almost like, look past it, because... Because it's not going to change, basically. Oh, yeah. That's kind of what they're saying yeah, as well. like, it's going to keep happening, so... Yeah. You know. So get used to it. Yeah. This one's interesting. A Bible that is falling apart usually belongs mm-hmm. to someone who is not. Mm. That can be very true, mm-hmm. but it can also not be. That could, and it could also be you just don't <laughs> take, take care, care of your it, Bible. and it's yeah. on the bottom of your car, yeah. and it's getting ruined. Yeah, Pastor Rince, when he in his testimony, I don't know if he said it when he was on the podcast, but he said he always used to put his Bible behind his back when he sat in the pews when he was a kid, and he used to just wiggle the whole time he sat there, so it would rub it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, he said his Bible had never been opened once. Yeah, and, and uh, on purpose, and it was uh, all worn out. Looked like he'd read it really like crazy. Yeah, and that was when he was a kid. However, I mean that. But that what they what they're implying is yes. very true, though. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. More, the more you're in the word, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. What is? Okay, sorry. Good. You, no, no. You you were breathing in because you were about to expel something. No, it's a Joe show. He's about so. to spit fire, basically. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I mean, some of these I just agree with. Like that God said it, I believe it. That settles it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with that one. Um, I just I think that if you I think say we- if you say that, you better have done their hermeneutical whoa hey. god bless you, you <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh you better have that done point, that. that was a very good sneeze thanks man like uh <laughs> that yeah. was me making so i've had much practice making fun of my dog's noises and you so, i was gonna say it sounded like a you pantomime the good sneeze right there yeah. thanks man okay. so like when, whenever he hits his nose he sneezes like it's gonna make all the, the pain go away <laughs> and so he'll bump into the table and <laughs> It's probably still held. Sorry, listeners. Okay. Um, um, so, no, oh gosh. This is a chitch. What's missing you? No, are. no, no. Can we oh, go back sorry. to the other one? Oh, though? God said it. I believe it. That yeah. settles it. I believe that's true, but you better have done your research to know that that's what God said. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, you better have verses to back it up. And, like you said, like the hermeneutical study of that theology. Yeah. Does it, is it said more than once? Yes. Does it, does mm-hmm. it agree with the Old and New Testament? Yep. You know, do smarter people than you agree with mm-hmm. you? You know, and <laughs> all it, those things. Laying it in historical context. I mean, that's why when whenever I speak, especially on if I do ever, I, I haven't in quite some time. But when I did Wednesdays, I'm mm-hmm. always nervous, not about mm-hmm. public speaking, but about misrepresenting oh, the yeah. Bible. That's like my worst nightmare is being up there and saying something that is speaking on God's behalf and wrong. Yep. You know, so you got to be really humble. And you know, if you're asked to speak for an hour, you better be studying for ten. But yeah, but also I, I do like that. But it depends on who's saying it. Like you can you can use this as just a way to not know something, and just yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, what happens if uh, God Mor- said it? Uh, yeah. What happens if a Mormon comes to your door and well, can you tell me why Jesus is the say is is the is the Messiah, and or why should I trust your? 
Bible and not the one inspired by Joseph Smith. And like, if they ask you a question like that, and you're like, "Well, God said it. I believe it. That settles it." But and shut the door in their face, they're gonna be like, "This guy doesn't. This guy doesn't know anything." Yeah. You know. It's like, so I, I feel like it, well, it, it's a running away because then it really takes away like the have a reason to defend the hope that's within you. Like, and it says something. I want to say that with a southern accent. You know what I mean? God said it. <laughs> I believe it. It's like that Bill Burr thing. Whenever he does somebody, yeah, somebody, not, yeah, yeah, not that smart. Okay, anyway, um, not to, <laughs> there's no implications there. I just feel like I should. That sounds like a Southern preacher saying, "God said it." I believe it. Shut up. Um, um, Jesus. So the the, the uh, speaking of Southern, these the the two below it are Southern sayings. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus loves yeah. you, and and so do I. Meaning oh, like, southern. yeah, it's like it's an insult. Yeah, you know, it's saying like. Jesus loves you, and so I have to. It's not yeah. because you're lovable. It's because oh, Jesus a, loves that's you. That's a backhanded. Yeah. Uh, backhanded. Mm-hmm. And so is the next and one. So Bless your heart. One, yeah. So I remember this from shout out to Steph Hadwin. She used mm-hmm. to say this as a joke. Like in the South, that's what they that's what they say when they're they're you're pathetic. Yeah. Like bless your Being heart. Dumb. Like, like you're trying. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, all our all our listeners in Tennessee, go to Hadwin House. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, is that where they're at? Alabama. 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 Sorry, Alabama. Or it might be a Hadwin House there. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to smell like an ocean breeze. There you go. Morning mist. Morning mist. Mm-hmm. That was my nickname in high school. Um, so the <laughs> yeah, so that is those are like kind of southern sayings. I remember when <laughs> like there's so many southern. When I went to New Orleans to do with Habitat for Humanity, I was at a Walmart and this lady was walking out um, with it's an old lady walking out with her cart and to uh, a friend of, m- of mine and I helped put stuff in her trunk and she said something I didn't know she was mad. She's like, "Y'all, con is all hell," and like I was like, "Oh wait, what does that mean?" <laughs> like, <I didn't- laughs> Like, I was like, oh, thanks. She was smiling while she said it, so I thought it was good. And I was like, but that makes that, that makes no sense at all. But she was so like, how bad? Sometimes I forget that like the southern accent is real. I'm terrible at it, so maybe that's no, why. I, no, I mean, I, I mean, I only ever see. I guess it's because when you watch TV, like you, you almost never see it, mm. and that's majority of the country. You know, I mean, that's that whatever you're watching on TV is being broadcasted nationwide. Yeah. And you never see it. I mean, I was just in North Carolina, and like the waitress came up, and it, I just was taken back because it was a southern accent. And even though I knew I was in the South, but I was, I just forget mm. that it's a real thing, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, the last I'm so sounding less intelligent. Gonna, as no, I no. Can. So this okay. is gonna sound. This is gonna top that. Okay. Uh, I remember the when I was a kid, I, my mind melted when I went to that Chinese buffet in town, and there was. Don't that, tell me the Chinese person. The Chinese person had a southern accent. No, no, oh. no. It's it's. It, uh, I don't know if it's worse or better, but there was a, a Mexican waitress that spoke Chinese with a Spanish accent because they were asking <sighs> my, her. I can't do that. They my were brain's... asking her to like you know be a part of it and like mm-hmm. say you know say things in Chinese, and so she would get up. I can't even remotely <laughs> copy it, but I remember thinking like, what am I? Is this tongues? Yeah. Is this what this is? Um, but it was it was you know I speak. You know, isn't that crazy so how like, we, like oh isn't that God. crazy how we know we we know English we know what English sounds like in different accents we know what yeah. but like each country's native language knows what their language sounds like and it's like in an accent in like, an what accent is, yeah like what is it what does a Jamaican sound like that learned Chinese to a Chinese person oh boy like you know what I mean? like, or like, like a Chinese person who speaks with a southern accent that in, can't exist you don't think so I mean it must but that hurts to think about if you hear this please come on our podcast (laughs) (laughs) the the whole time uh love the sinner hate the sin i heard that in the context of sexual sin yeah almost exclusively yep as if that's the part where it's like harder to love the sinner in that context you know but 
I mean, yeah. that's why it's said. I mean, right? out of mm-hmm. love the sin or hate the sin, that's yeah, it's said a lot, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like, no, I just think it's usually what it's what it's implying is that again, like that sinner is harder to love because of that sin. So I hear this a lot with like. I'm just homosexuality, right? I hear pastors mm-hmm. saying like, yeah, they, they might be, you know, have that certain, li- you know, lifestyle, but you love the sinner and hate the sin, you know, love them yeah. and accept them. And and it's almost like acknowledging that for some reason that group is harder to love, you know, than other people. It's almost like a, an insult. Hmm. Which I would disagree with. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, from from Christ's perspective, they're all equally easily uh, difficult to love, I guess. Oh, yes. You know, well, well, yeah. And that's what we're supposed to emulate. So, I mean, there shouldn't be any people group that are more difficult to show Christ's love for in terms of our desire to. I was just going kind of like by like big sin. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, somebody with insane pride issues would be a lot mm-hmm. harder to deal or with. Or like mm-hmm. the, you know or what addiction. Mean? You know? Yeah, or addiction. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Have a Jesus filled. Some of these I'm gonna do. I never even heard these. Bro, yes, Jesus. dude. This kid made fun of me yesterday at school, and he was so right. I found myself saying the most annoying thing ever. I was walking by this this hall monitor, and she, I, she's. Oh my god! Remember hall monitor? No, cold doesn't. Okay, I forgot for a second. It's, <laughs> it's really. Hurtful. He'd walk by the mirror and be like, "Can I go?" And he'd let him go. <laughs> um, I just was walking by her, and, and and I never know what to say to her. She's such a nice lady, but like she speaks like very, uh, she has a very thick uh, Spanish accent, and and I just said like, "Have a great Wednesday," and I said it in like the <laughs> whitest tone possible. And I turned the corner, and this kid that I teach walks by. And says, Have a great Wednesday, <laughs> and, he was me. and I was like, "You're right, dude. I sounded so terrible right there." Oh anyway, I don't know who's who wishes who wishes like the day is. Like and names the day and says it in, like the cheesiest whitest nah, tone. Nah, I'll only say have like, a great Wednesday. If it's Monday, I'll say have a good week. If it's Friday, I'll say have a good weekend. Hmm. I, I don't think I've ever named a day. That's what I'm saying. I, I felt. I was like, I felt that. Okay. He said it, and I was like, you were totally right, dude. <laughs> and he was, he meant it to be mean, and I was like, yeah, you got me. So Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. Okay. I, again, a lot of these I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong yeah. with, but you have to put it in the right context because mm-hmm. um, it is also a religion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the part of it that saves – is the relationship with yeah. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what sets it apart from other religions. And I think that's usually when the, the context that would be appropriate to share that in. Like, don't worry about no. the rules. Worry about the relationship. And I've definitely said this to people. So oh, I, yeah. I, I, so just for your sake, we're going to say it's okay to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, I will say a commonality between all of these. Okay. Is that I think... The problem with them is that there are scriptural equivalents that don't hmm. leave ambiguity. Like if we just but the phrase does, but the phrase does, and so if we just use God's word instead of these cheesy phrases, I think we'd be better off. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> get <through this? laughs> okay, context. Am I allowed to give context? I don't even know what you're talking about. But I don't need Go ahead. I'm going to need the context. <laughs> you're, you're, I feel like as if I'm about to say something. Yeah, which, it's, <laughs> yeah it's which so I'm well. trying to say. Okay, okay. Just go okay, ahead. Say go it. ahead. Just say it. Because okay. our listeners aren't understanding what you're okay. happening. No, no, no. So like, uh, now nah, I can't even. <laughs> Just read it. Oh. All right. So uh, Cole's opening up a little journal. That's right. <clears throat> Is it so? It says Cole's thoughts. That's at the right. Top. Cole's, Cole's thoughts. Uh, cliches are all about surface truths that are easy to say when the Bible is meant to be taken and studied as we pursue truth. 
We shouldn't be watering down the Bible. It is, it is the truth that sets people free. Mm. And I wrote that down, and then Joe made fun of me for writing it no, down. I didn't make fun of you for writing it down, but you were, you, were, you were 100% just flirting with what he wrote down, and I knew he was going to bring it up next. So I but I was trying to bring it up naturally, and then he kept laughing, and I was like, now I'm not going to be able to say <laughs> it. I was curious to see if he was going to read it or try to remember it. I was trying to remember it, and I couldn't. Yeah, it's – it's, and I love this phrase from Vody Bauckham, however he said his last name. Somebody said Bouchon the other day, and I was like, I don't Whoa. know. If I've been saying that wrong, that's like, very wrong. French. Yeah, Bouchon. Uh, is that God doesn't need a PR team, mm. public relations team? And I was like, man, that's a cool, that's a cool way to phrase that. Saying that we, God doesn't need us to translate His word and make it more simple. Yeah, He doesn't rely on us for that. He doesn't need us to, to make His image softer. Because wouldn't He have done that? Yeah, I think He did in parables. You know, and like, <laughs> well, did. no, but also, I mean, yes and no. I mean, what about the Ethiopian that needed somebody to explain what Isaiah was to him? Yeah, in a teaching moment when someone's like, can you explain this to me? And they're not understanding the Bible, I would say that. But I, I, I'm saying okay, like from so, the pulpit when you're like supposed oh, to be yeah, expository. No, bro, I thought we're talking – I thought you were trying to relate it to these little cute sayings. Some of them. I, I, I think a lot of these belong in, in context and also in like Sunday school. A lot of these – like these, these are I would say almost like the milk hmm. and I think churches use them as the meat and, and it will grow from there. Um. But when I'm looking at them, I, I there's just so many there's scriptures that are popping up in my head and, mm-hmm. and and that actually explain what they're trying to say much much better, and I don't know I I you know make disciples of nations spread the word of God you know deliver the gospel um, I I I don't know we're like underestimating what just sharing the word of God would do we don't need mm-hmm. to like create a slogan you know so. I just uh, it breaks my again. I'm going back to the ask Jesus in your heart thing. So mm-hmm. sorry if I'm over hovering on this uh-huh. one, but like, okay. imagine like Jesus like hanging on the cross, you know, dying for the sins of the world, being whipped and torn and beaten, and like seeing his dad turn his back on him, and knowing the whole thing was going to be summed up as ask Jesus in your heart, mm. you yeah. know, and he's like, it's I don't know, just it's the act of salvation seems to me very simple and also doesn't include that phrase. Because if you're saying profess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved, yes. But where's in that phrase, if you're just sticking with that verse, where's the confess with your mouth? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. Yeah, yeah. No, that's too harsh. Because no, I'll probably I, say this again in my lifetime. You're going to be like laughing at me when I say it. But no, I mean, I'm sure some of these that we just like. Again, in context. Yeah. All right, so what are just let, just because uh, I think we're you know we've exhausted a, a decent part mm-hmm. of the list. Yeah. What um, what are some other like quirky parts of the the Christian culture that you think if you were to walk into a church as a non-believer, you'd be like, ah, that's weird. Like, um, well, I th- maybe not as a non-believer, but one of the things that does I I think about when when it's said, I think about it. Like it, it now brings my attention to that, and then I go off and like I zone out. People think I'm zoning out, but I'm like thinking like. When people say, like, if you're going on prayer requests or, you know, reports back from last week's prayer requests, like, you know, I'm blessed because I, I don't know how to – people just use I'm blessed because a prayer was answered or because mm-hmm. something beneficial happened in their life. And it implies that, like, if that didn't happen, you wouldn't be blessed. Mm-hmm. And I always think about that. It's like – Like you're blessed to go through the trials as well. Exactly. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, th- th- right, exactly. Mm. 
Um, and it's just it's just weird to me when I hear people say I'm blessed, and then there's a follow up good thing behind it, mm. and I'm like, okay, well, we're blessed. Period. You know, these are just praise God for this and that. Um, yeah, Lou Giglio has a, a, a sermon on uh, five things that Christians shouldn't say in when they pray, and one of them is like, bless me. Um, because he he goes back to like the blessings and the promises of God, and he goes through like the you know Genesis and the promises to Abraham, and and it's always like it's our job to give the blessings back to God. Mm-hmm. And like the blessing is given to us in the form of Jesus Christ dying for our sins. Right. And God will pour out his mercies on us. But it's weird to say like, bless us. Cause you, like, it's almost, you got, we got the blessing. We got Jesus Christ, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't say, again, I don't, I wouldn't say anything's wrong with that, but I agree. It almost is like, it's saying God agreed with me this time. Right. Exactly. Like it's your will. Yeah. Not, you know, Yeah. Yeah, and and I I always come back to it's gonna sound heavy, but like the Shane and Shane thing that impacted me a lot when I lost my dad. The the uh, though you slay me song. I've heard mm. I listened to like a I thousand remember, songs. I remember you lo- being obsessed with that song. I still am. Like I I listen no, to it on repeat good, yeah. still, and mm. it's because John Piper has a thing in the middle, and then right after the song they put out like another thing, and I recommend you to just type in like Shane and Shane though you slay me. And then there's a little video where he talks about it, where his mom, um, like lost her, her husband and his dad. And, you know, he's, she, the mom is holding the dad in the hospital bed and she's rocking and she's saying, he gives, he takes away, he gives, he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm. Um, that's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. We're just acknowledging that, you know, he took away mm-hmm. and the blessing belongs to God. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the name. Yeah. You know, and I think that's more of the way we should handle Scripturally, based off, I mean, that's Psalms. That, that. It's that Psalms. I was going to say, is that, or is that Ecclesiastes where it talks about there's a season for a season, everything? I think it's a Psalm. That's supposed to be the name, but uh, um, you're Jamie, so you can, you can test me. Got it. Um, but either way, I, I, I mean, though you slay me, I mean, that <laughs> sounds like a something David, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, though, though you slay me, um, yet I will praise you. Though you ruin me, mm-hmm. I will praise your name. It's like, oh my gosh. Because it's recognizing that, like, it's recognizing the symbol. Like, one, you didn't have to even wake me up today. Yeah, you know, let alone you didn't even have to create me. And saying like, like he, like in that moment, she's saying, "You gave me this gift of a wonderful husband, and mm-hmm. now you're taking him, and I still praise you." Yeah, and just recognizing him being that all powerful and control of the giving and the taking is like, I don't know, just beautiful. And it's yeah, just, and it's, it's, re- a, it's recognizing the what's the word temporariness. Yeah, is that a word? Temporal? Temporal. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. That feels wrong to say. Is that right? Temporal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feel- it is a moment. Yeah. Just fleeting. But I'm not talking about I'm not talking about a moment. I'm talking about like just the fact that like her husband Everything the, fades. Yeah, everything fades, right. And mm-hmm. you were blessed to have I don't know, whether it was five or seventy five years of a good marriage, like mm-hmm. it, it just it, that was the gift and the taking away. Like the one bad thing to take away if you never got a gift, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, and some. I mean, there's always someone in a worse place than you. So if you want to sit there and mm-hmm. wallow, it's like there are people who never able to find anybody right. to support, you know, to, to be them and, and go through life with them. Um, the people who you know, whose yeah. husband or wives went through uh, like dementia at a really young age and, yeah. and forgot who their husband or wife were. And that's what I'm know. saying. The fact that it hurts so much is because it was so great for so long. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, when I first I had a hard time processing the song when I first heard it, um, mm-hmm. because of the concept is is not a fun one to learn, you know. It's it's through Job. I mean, so, 
So the reference I was thinking of was Ecclesiastes three oh, one, okay. um, but that's just that there's a season for everything. So I'm, I I think the other one you're talking about is in Psalms. Okay, so I couldn't find it. So that I mean, I'm just gonna read the the the, yeah. ver, the verse in course real quick. It says like I come, I uh, God, I come, I return to the Lord, the one who's broken, the one who's torn me apart. You struck down to bind me up. Um, you say you do it all in love that I might know you in your suffering. And so I love that last line. It's like, I might know, might know you in your suffering, not in my suffering. Because Jesus suffered in every way so that he mm. could become suffering for us, spiritually and physically. And so when you know, see that, I, usually I hear like, God, you're, you're with me in my suffering. It's like, God, I want to know you in your suffering. How you, you know, the ultimate pain he probably felt was when when, when he's like, Father, you know, why have you forsaken me? And, mm-hmm. and God turned his back and, and because he couldn't look down on the sin that Jesus was carrying on the cross anymore. I, I mean, that is, it's got to be the most painful thing possible. Mm-hmm. And because he's, on, and, and the night before he's begging, like we read in Mark the other night, God, take this cup from me. Let me not do this. Mm-hmm. And then he's on the cross and, and God turns his back on him while he's there. Like, mm-hmm. And then and and that's when you're like, God, I, I want to know you and your suffering. In this moment where I'm wrong, everything is taken from me and you've taken it from me. I want to know what you felt. I want to know your suffering. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. Mm. But which, I heard this. Uh, I wish I could like remember where I heard it. Um, but somebody was talking about all the human things all the human sufferings that Christ went through and why we can like why he he can relate to us so well in our sufferings of the, of mm-hmm. the so obviously like drinking drinking the cup uh, like God the old testament like it, that was God's wrath and vengeance mm-hmm. um the cup that he had to drink you know um there's the weight of taking the the world's sin that those are like divine that's like the, that's like suffering on another level but like the everyday things of like being abandoned by his friends mm-hmm. you know um being homeless um, you know, just everything, uh, all everything that came, his family not believing in him, you yeah, know, Peter uh, turning three times at the end, right? Yeah. All the stuff, and he had a list of them that you don't even, that you don't even realize that are like everyday things that we deal with, from as far as financial problems, you mm-hmm. know, like just not, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, wow, it's, it's, it's what makes him so relatable, and him to be able to relate to us. Yeah, and that's the part that the humanness of him. The you humanness know? of him is is, is mind blowing because mm-hmm. if you think about like the actual theological significance of him being becoming man, it's so incredible. It's the one thing that I remember most from that class that I took was just the why was he the son of man and the son of God? Mm-hmm. Because man made the mistake, so he had to be man to atone for man's mistake. Mm-hmm. He couldn't just be God and do it because he's not atoning for God's mistake. Right. Exactly. And like when you start to process through, he had to be fully man. Like it's not an option. He he was eighty percent, and he just like you know became <laughs> flesh at different times, and you know he appeared different places, whatever it might be. It's he had to be fully man, or sacrifice was in void. And so he went through puberty. You know, yeah. just be real. No, he yeah, he no, went through yeah, puberty. Yeah, yeah. Um, he went through all the things that we use as excuses for sin today. He like, went to weddings and didn't get trashed. Mm-hmm. He went, you know, he probably was invited, you know, over girls' houses, you know, and, and chose not to because it would be, you know, it would not glorifying to God. All those things that we say, like, oh, or that just happens in the society today. Yeah. Like, oh, no, he definitely went through those things. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he grew, was it spiritually, physically, and, and emotionally? I forget what the third one was. There's three. Is it, it's in John. But 
Um, Cole's psychedelic and stuff. I'm so. sorry. I... So anyway, I know it's like a, a weird sidetrack, but I was thinking about when you, when you talk about blessings, that's what I think of, that moment. You know, do you think? Do you think if you were one of the disciples, hmm, this is a hard question. I mean, because if we're being honest, there's only one answer, really. Yes. But John was the only disciple there with him at the cross. Mm. Do you think you would have been able to be there? No. Yeah, me neither. Only because I would think I would. I know we kind of talked about this on uh, at our Bible study, but. I think I'd be much more likely to die for and to stand up for my faith post the resurrection. Mm. And that's easy to say because it's all done at that point. Um, I guess at that point, yeah, because it's not done. You still have faith. That, like at that point, they're scared because if he dies and it doesn't do, res- doesn't resurrect, then yeah. that's then he's just like every other person that claimed to be the messiah or you know yeah so they might they just be scared you know that moment that they really might not have been right and he was just a, a powerful guy you know yeah right and it's yeah i mean when i'm looking just humbly looking at the disciples how radical and how incredible they were and it's so insanely flawed as well but if you you know you see well, the, the, you see the, peter wasn't there I was going to say, the, there's nothing really remarkable about any one of the disciples pre-resurrection. I mean, that can re- go well, off the top of my head. I well, mean, remarkable, I'm thinking they, they dropped everything they had. They mm-hmm. left their families. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They yeah. stopped okay. pursuing yeah. worldly yeah. things. Like, that's remarkable to me in a step. Yeah, I yeah, might, yeah. Okay. You know, I, I might have missed that like, step, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm talking about when if they did all those steps and they still weren't able to, it's like, I don't even know if I would have dropped Done the my, first one. I, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, um, yeah, I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really would hope that I would. But I mean, it's just like one out of 12. Yeah. And then those 12 out of the crowds, the multitudes yeah. that are spoken oh, yeah. multiple yeah. times, yeah. multiple yeah. times, and, and they mm-hmm. none of them were there. Yeah. It's scary to think about. Yeah. Well, persecution scatters. Just in the same way, um, Dan and Mark were talking about the other night, where it's like if, if the, the reference, I think it's in chapter 15, when the, the, when the shepherd dies, the sheep scatter. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever there's slight persecution in the church, it refines the church because the sheep are all scattered. Um, yeah. So anyway, we got kind of, yeah. No, no, no. That reference earlier was uh, Luke uh, 2.52, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor, favor with God and men. Okay. I know, I know that we're way past it, but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no problem. All right. Thanks for looking that up. Wisdom and stature. Gotcha. Wisdom, stature, and faith. The wisdom one is the one that stumped me when I was writing my paper about it because wisdom, it's like he got smarter. Like how do you get more wise? I guess – so the, the the conclusion for that is that he got life experience. Yeah, life experience. And like – so Through, as he, – He was able to use his knowledge in living yeah. and therefore gain wisdom. So when his godliness became tried and true in the flesh. Yeah. All right. So when we are looking at the church again, so some some quirks. Um, all right, what do, what are you guys' opinions? So we go to a church uh, named Calvary Chapel Hamilton. Shout out Shout to uh, Calvary Chapel Hamilton, where they don't collect tithes. So in in the traditional sense, where they pass around a plate. I was say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. 
um, we well, I guess they don't collect it. They allow people to, okay, to give. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the phrasing okay. was yeah, I don't, maybe right. poor, but that we have agape boxes in the back, and it's it's um, uh, you don't let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, and so if you tie this between you and the Lord only, there's no plate pressure. Mm-hmm. There's no social pressure on giving it's just and and now especially you can give on the app there's really no social pressure i could say i'm giving a thousand bucks a week and you guys wouldn't even know um or i could be giving that much and not saying it you guys wouldn't even know um so i am i know that churches generally take in a significant less amount less money when they do it that way but i have seen the fruit from it in my church growing up and i've heard stories about people that got saved or are there or family members who weren't turned off because the stigma of money grubbing for churches is is kind of just washed away because there's no there's no way you can even justify that. Mm-hmm. So for me, I I don't know why I get uncomfortable and still pass around plates. And it's just my I shouldn't. I know there are some great churches that do it, but I guess I'm just my comfort zone is like I don't want this to be about money. I want to just you know my yeah because you you're literally interrupting service mm-hmm. with money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it was even if it was a passing around before service started or way after service started, mm-hmm. that but it's like when you when you interrupt the middle of service, I'm like oh by the way, you know like that's that's weird to me. Yeah. Yeah, and and churches that I've uh, been to like Easter services where they beg because they want to do something, and they're passing around the plate, and then there's a twenty minute aside. On you know I know you not haven't been here that long but we want you to be a part of something big and we're building the new bigger blah 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 and we want you to and it just I, I it may be a hard issue with me but that's that's my thing so when I, that's a part of Christian culture that I don't like no and I definitely see it like I, I understand that but at the other side of that like you said some churches will take in less money and at the same time on the individual level it doesn't convict you as much so if you if mm-hmm. if you're a Christian who is like not knowing what the left hand is or what the right hand is doing from the left hand, that's great because you're already giving. But then there's not that social pressure to give. Because yeah, tithing is obviously a biblical command. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. know that. So mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with being convicted about yeah. you not doing what the Bible mm-hmm. says. You know, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you should do it out of a joyful heart. So I understand like it's a it's a touchy— It's like, murky. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just, that's just me. I, yeah, I think the— Honestly, I think just like trying to step out unbiasedly looking at it, I think the agape box is the best way. Mm. However, I do think it should be more known. Mentioned. Yeah. More, yeah. I agree. And I don't mean every week, but I mean like maybe once a month. But like, by the way, anybody feels led to, to give, there's a box in the back. Because some people might have, literally have no idea. You know what I mean? And yeah, you could come for years and never and, know and what that, that box yeah, is. And not, and not know what those boxes were even just seen. Or, yeah, yeah. N- yeah, not even seen. I, right. You might think it's just like, I don't like, so you're trashing it. I don't, you know, like you might not know what it is. Um, so I think it should be. If you're going to have them, it should be known. Yeah, or, and and preached about from the pulpit. You know, and I don't think there's any, just like every other area that's awkward for a pastor to talk about because it is. One, yeah, I mean that's like a missionary asking for money. You know? Yes, but it's it's still it's in the Bible. So if you're doing expository teaching, you got to hit on it eventually. I remember mm-hmm. when I was searching for churches before coming to Calvary. Like the second week I went to a church, he started going into a series about tithing, and I was was like, oh, maybe I won't come around anymore because this is what they're going to talk about. But he actually gave like a very good message about it and giving the examples of what tithing was and how like it applied to the Jews and like mm-hmm. went like super in-depth about it and then ended with like it should be out of a giving heart and shouldn't know what the left hand is doing from the right hand. That was it. I was like, wow, like well said. And I feel like more churches should do that 
rather yep. than guilting people all the time into we need because of this certain like you said this certain event or certain thing that we're trying to do we need your money right now yeah and we actually my family i wasn't in this in the say i was in fourth grade but we came to calvary because of a sermon pastor vince gave on that yeah mm-hmm. so that's that's my dad came from a church where they um would revoke you membership if, if they if you tithe under 10 percent of your of your well that's uh, wild of your gross so he had like a very sensitive heart to churches that were oriented yeah. like that and the ver- that wasn't the first sermon, but it was one of them in uh, mm-hmm. the first month or so. And he just preached on, you know, what the Old Testament said about it, what the New Testament says about it. There's no percentage listed, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, all right, this is it. <laughs> and it's the place we're going to sit for at least a little bit. Yeah. You know, and now I'm here. So yeah. God, uses, God uses whatever the pastor's on, what's on the pastor's mm-hmm. heart, you know. And and that's, that's what they go to. I'm trying um, to think if there's anything... Also, what are big things like that that are deciding factors for for people? Children's ministry, I guess, mm-hmm. whether it's effective or not. Okay, whether they like trust their kids with the children's ministry. How do you ever know that though? Yeah, I was just thinking. I mean, like, unless you sit you... in on unless you sit in on one. I mean, if the, if the kid comes back and says something wacky. Yeah, I guess. Like the one. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, a lot yeah, of that is just like, like you're banking on your kid's yeah. ability to regurgitate. True. Yeah. What are, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else is. Yeah. I mean, I know there's, we've gone over a million like preferences. Yeah. yeah. Styles of this, styles mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. But I'm yeah. talking about like things that are like thinking. deciding factors for like people. That, like, like you said, like either they're coming from a history of pain or, you know, whatever it is, like your dad, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think our church tends to be, and as a church should, but like it's, it's a collection of broken people. Um, and usually yeah. people that are hurt from other churches. Yeah. So if you look at our church and you take the people that have come to it, for like say the, the 100 people that have joined, joined, attended regularly in the past 10 years, five years, it's a collection from like five other churches. And you can, we can all name the churches that they were hurt by, mm. you know? And I'm sure there's other churches that are offended, you know, they have members that used to go to us and they were hurt by something that happened, uh, you know? But most of the time it's motivated by what did the other church do wrong? And then they're hoping that you don't do that. So I know a few people I've known that joined Calvary recently uh, have been coming or um, have been uh, affected by uh, preaching that's either too politically motivated mm. or preaching that's not expository. And it just it, it, it uh, leaves way for pastors to have motives in what they preach. So like a, a family member, I'm thinking a family member, a family I'm thinking of recently came because Pastor Vince does expository teaching and they were hurt by the church before them. Gotcha. That's what I can think of. Yeah, it's going. I was just thinking just in general with the pandemic, like just preaching consistently. Mm. That's yeah. Cool. I do you ever just think about like on an overall scheme, like an overall scale of everything. Do you think we're doing it right? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, just All like... right, we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a counter. No. Yeah. Um, it, no, I, I don't know. I, like, so, just because I'm just thinking, like, so personally, yeah, I do it all the time. Like, as a church, you mean? Yeah. Just I mean, as, like, we should. just as present day believers, do you, are we missing the mark, like, way off on some things? And I don't mean on, like, doctrine or theology i'm just like i'm like the way we operate as bodies of believers you ever think we're we should deconstruct 
that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. That's like doctrine. So, but I'm talking yeah. about just like just the way we do things. Like, could you imagine if we're like the church layout to say like, what would be written to Calvary Chapel Hamilton? You know, mm-hmm. a lot. Would, would would it be encouraging? Would it be we're missing things? Would it be you know, like I? Do you ever just think about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I honestly had this I'm conversation not with for an somebody. Answer. I'm just saying, like, do you ever think? Okay. No, I seriously had this conversation with somebody. Uh, was it last week? I was like, "What would our church be like? Which what would, I basically what would, said. I basically yeah. said, which church in the Bible would our church be like? Or would it be a whole new like? Or yeah, yeah you know, like what would first Hamiltonians be? Mm. Would it be encouraging like the Philippians, or would it be Idol, like the Corinthians? Idols. Like, geez, like yeah, It'd be idols. You think so? We yeah, because we're not the only church in town. And if you're writing to the, all of the Church of Hamilton, all right, but, uh, yeah, yeah, Catholic. You know what I mean, though. But okay, let's let's just say Calvary Chapel Hamilton was the. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, but yeah, I mean, I can't. I don't. I haven't been to every church in Hamilton, so I don't know. But like, if we were the I only had one, in Calvary if, Chapel Hamilton. If we if we were the only one, like you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a fine line between like constructively criticizing the church we go to. Mm-hmm. And just like complaining about things, we, I, I, we, I don't know of any like, I don't know of one thing. No, that's what I'm saying. Think, I'm, not, I'm not I'm complaining. I, I feel like it's on small things that don't really matter. The preferences, yeah. the complaining. I'm talking about big picture things. Are we, are we doing it right? Are we operating as believers right? I, I believe, like, like the yeah, fact that I example, can't think of one any, thing. I, well, here's yeah. let me give you an example. One thing that I think about all the time, like true and undefiled religion is caring for the orphans and widows. Yeah, that's what, like, I, think, that's what I was gonna say. I, I can't even name a church off the top of my head that has a – that is big in orphanages or is big – you know, has a big widow's minute. You know, like I mm-hmm. – the fact that I can't even name one off the top of my head, like are, are we as believers – like are we missing something bigger than – I I think – And then I, cause then I think back to – maybe organized, this, but – Sorry, like, I'm not done with my thought. Hold on. Okay, sorry. sorry. And the, no, because then I'm thinking back to the, we watched the Paul the Apostle movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that church in Rome when uh, – when Priscilla's talking about, like, you know, we have all these orphans coming in, because you know, I start thinking, I was like, man, that's just something we neglect 100%. Well, here's my Which opens up, sorry. Let me which, know when you're done. Okay, I will. Which opens up, the, because we're not, that's the that's the criticism we get from people who are pro-abortion. You guys only care about the, you know, you guys only before, care about the abortion. The you don't born. care. Yeah. We're not known for being a safe place for orphans. The adoption part of that. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say about that. So good. I think the government has taken over the job of the church. Wow. And I think that we don't need to take care of orphans because there's a system. Hmm. We don't need to take care of widows because there's social security and there's all these financial, you know, backings. Keep going. And I think the larger we create government as a safety net, the less the church needs to be and can Hmm. be. And so right now, my mom as a widow, right, has no need for any money from the church, right? Because my dad did a nice job setting up so that she could. Oh, uh, but yeah, but I'm also not talking. Uh, so, you know. but I'm just talking about. Okay. All the widows I could think of in our church but, have no mm-hmm. need for the I'm church. I'm not talking about meeting a need necessarily, mm-hmm. but, but I'm talking ministering about like, to? yeah, just ministering to and just and, being there with. And, and just, Diane has, you know what I mean? Like, I think we are, even if it's not like an organized part, like, that like a all, the, all the women in the church have have supported her and loved her, and you know, I, I think I'm if she need, had financial needs, they would have met that need because I, even individually, they would have come out and helped her with whatever. Yeah, I guess I'm just thinking because I don't know one that necessarily. Look, look, for example, we know a church that has a very big addictions ministry mm-hmm. and it's very mm-hmm. successful and people yeah. come off the streets to it and like we don't have the equivalent of that in for a, like orphans yeah. or for like widows mm-hmm. 
where it's like if somebody, you know, we're in Hamilton, if somebody in Egg Harbor was a widow, like whether you believe it or not, we know this church in downtown that's like, if you're a widow, this is, you know what I mean? Like, should we have a ministry is what I'm thinking. Like, or is that just I mean, a person to person type thing? I guess it depends. I mean, again, like I think if the need were more immediate, I think we would in terms of are the, are the, you know, the, the widows and yeah, because first century Rome had like an orphan problem. We don't necessarily. Yeah, like, I would hope it, the church in Haiti has a big orphan. And they would leave like a tenth of their crops unpicked for the widows yeah. to go pick, yeah. you know, and, and the homeless. It's um, that's why some things are just so hard. We did, our the, the world's culture now is just so different. Like, like you said, like the government has taken over what the church should be doing. But does that make does that the need for the church? It's still a command. It is still a command. Right. I just think that you like it's hard to it's hard to meet those needs when they're being met. So like, you so know, what does that look like now? Though is my question. I guess like, it would just be what's need? what's happening. Like, uh, like just like behind closed individual, doors, cut, like you know, individual, and and being so tight with somebody that when their husband dies or their you know their wife dies or uh, they their somebody's parents die that they're taken in. Like I can think of uh, only one person um, that I know of that's been orphaned uh, since I was a kid that I was friends with in our youth group and. And that person was adopted by their aunt who went to our church and they, they came in, you know? So, and the whole church poured into this kid. Yeah. I think, I think there's something just hard about living. I'm thinking this through as I'm saying it. So just mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. There's just something hard about living in a suburb when there's not that much obvious suffering around. Mm-hmm. There's definitely behind closed doors suffering. But like certain ministries that just become so much easier when Kensington's five minutes away mm-hmm. or there's homeless on the street or there's orphan kids. on. It's like, bam, it's just right there in front of your face. I, like you better do something about it. And, you know, when we're like 40 minutes to the closest stuff, like the closest city, it's like, is there something that goes along with that? Or am I just? No, no. I, I, I'm, if you're trying to. Yeah, if the, if the command is to take care of the orphans and the widows and you don't have that immediate need, that's so – I mean I I really do believe that if right now there was like 50 widows just chilling in the middle on Bellevue, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, just being yeah, honest. Yeah. Like, like Calvary Chapel would have right. a ministry in two days. It's just hard. Yeah, you're, I guess I'm just reading it. And see, I'm, I'm just reading it like, man, we don't do anything like that. But there, yeah. you're right. There's, there's not necessarily a – Yeah, and I'm sure that there's people that have been failed by – us, you know, because when you don't have that immediate need, you get complacent, and you might not fulfill that in in the relational way. Yeah. But again, like I think a lot of a lot of the, and I'm not. This isn't a government rant, but like because it doesn't even really matter um, about all of this stuff. But I, I'm I'm usually just for limited government, so the church has a chance to do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. So libertarian is is usually where I fall. It's just mm-hmm. like let the take the government out as much as possible. Um, so we can step up. up. And I would, I would agree with people who might say that the government did step up because the church didn't at certain points in history. Um, but right now I would love to give, you know, to have a chance (laughs) to show the love of Christ in ways that the the government has now become their, their safety net, you know? So I was also thinking like, how often do we not seek out those things? You're talking about how the closest cities or whatever are 40 minutes away and they're the ones with like the homeless and the addicted. But like, are we sure? Like... Have we oh, actually no, have we actually saying. seeked out Hamilton to know that there aren't people sleeping on the streets? And like, I, I'm curious. Like, no, no, and that's that's I like I said. Like the the difference. Well, it's just not. As, it's so it's less in your face, so you have to seek it out more. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree with that. I 100. But but I 
don't know what the homeless population would be. Definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely addicts. One hundred percent. You can live in a nice home and still be addicted to anything. You yeah. know, like definitely addicts. But as far as, I mean, I don't, I don't, I just don't know. Like, yeah, because I, I think you would see it where, where you know. When uh, a few years ago, when I went through like a a rabbit hole of trying to figure out like health insurance and like what the best college yeah. system is, you know, I I wasn't able to find a lot of really great answers except for um, like looking at communities that um, do health insurance really well and helping each other out and, and, and Jewish population does a great job at yeah. taking care of its own. And, and because Ben Shapiro explains it as, uh, oh, that's, goes, that's one of the reasons why they're so, so hated. Yeah. Because they don't rely on anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, they've been told by kind experience of, not to rely on nations. Right. And it, and it, it messes with society a little bit. It does. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 uh, the way that Ben explains it is it goes, if you need, if you're in need of something, it goes family, friends, faith community um like your faith like church synagogue and then government government's the fourth in the order so you if you need money you need a home you need uh, something to help you with your health you need uh, it's your family and then your you know the next level be like i guess friends or maybe distant Mm -hmm. family and then your church is supposed to take care of you so like if Mm -hmm. uh, their synagogue i guess but you know you're if you have a, a health problem and you can't pay for it i mean yeah. Your brother step up and pay for it for you. Yeah. Now in this day and age it's hard because you might be one point five million dollars for your chemotherapy, you know. But that's you know, that's uh, the consequence of of relying on, on your brother and sister and taking care of that. And when the government steps in before your family and your friends and your it gives it takes away But I mean that's how the church, that's how the early church and acts operated. How's that? Like taking care of each other? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the that's the accurate way. I believe yeah, I believe yeah, yeah. you did do that right. Um, I'm saying that I, the government has taken away our ability to act that way because the government is, is it though, or are we letting it? Because I mean, the Jews are doing it fine. Uh, I, I imagine the Amish are doing it fine. Hmm. Oh, it's not taking away my ability to show that. It's it's taking away the general population. Like we, we've given in to that, and so that's what I'm saying. We're, like, we, yeah, because the government's made it so easy, and it's slowly like and we've you know, nursed us to this point where there are only nutrient, you know, and these all these stimulus packages are just so increasing. That's that what I'm saying. So do you think we got to get out of that in a healthy way? I guess I don't know how or if that's the right move, but I know that's that's part of the reason why we because aren't to me able it's just to, to me because way, way back to how we opened this podcast with like just just the choosing, like mm. we talked about the, with the food. Mm. It's like yeah, you can you can choose to. Eat the pizza, or you can, you know, go back mm-hmm. to Daniel, or you can choose to eat the vegetables and water. Yeah, we can choose to whatever health insurance to, we want uh, to purpose in our hearts. Yeah, to pur- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, the, I I think, and that to me is living more set apart. And this is this is where oh, okay, unemployment. Do Christians collect it? Uh, you just uh, dropped a bomb yeah. that I haven't I, thought enough on. I, I, the only honest. verse that comes to mind is if you don't work, you don't eat. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, I I don't have a great answer. Yeah, but if we're in the vein of what, if what we're talking about and consistently agreeing on is true, the answer is no. They shouldn't take it. Yeah, I would imagine that. Um, because but that's also yeah. Like, but like you said, step one, two, and three have to be in play. Yeah, friends, family, mm-hmm. or family, friends, and the and, church. Should and be. what and what what that does. Is if you can demonstrate to the world that you take care of your own, your institution is more attractive. You know? Exactly. And, and, oh yeah. And people are like, while they are literally giving their shirt off each other's back, you know, for mm. for each other. You will know 
my people's love. Yeah. Oh, by act, uh, I, I messed it up as soon as you looked yeah, at me. <laughs> by your love for each other. Yeah. 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 And that's, yeah. All these things is like, that's, that, this that was my bigger question is like, are we doing, are we doing life right mm-hmm. as the church? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was just being vulnerable. My, my biggest, uh, if I were to be asked right now, be like, hey, God called me into full time ministry, my biggest thing would be like, um, losing health insurance. I, I, it's just my gut. Yeah. Cause I got like some health issues and my kids got some health yeah. issues. And so sure. right now, like if I, you know, if I were to give up my, my public, you know, government job, which I probably use all 30 grand of every year that pays for my health insurance. Like I, you know, that's a huge safety net that I rely on, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that, and then that, and back another thing that we said that opens up more dependency on God. Mm-hmm. We live in this comfort. We live in this, independent i mean america feels like i could be wrong here but it's like the most individually independent nation probably that ever existed mm. where people have two to three refrigerators full packed with yeah. meat for the you know what i mean it's just like mm-hmm. that's unheard of and again i mean i don't feel guilty for i do appreciating health insurance oh okay what i was saying I like do, yeah, I, yeah, what yeah, i'm yeah. not saying like i'm like i feel bad about it but like that would be my first gut reaction I mean, maybe God provided these institutions so that we would have the health insurance. You know, um, maybe, maybe, um, yeah. and I, I can't say either way. Um, Just why now, though? Like, you know, what I mean, Daniel mm-hmm. could have been like, "Oh, well, maybe he, maybe he led me to the king's delicacies so mm-hmm. I could eat them." You know, it's like that's to me. That's the. It seems like a way to. Well, that would be countering God's like God's dietary law, and he he took a stand on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing in God's law saying you can't have health insurance. You know what I mean? Like if it were against counter scripture, that'd be different. No, but I mean, I I feel like, yeah, counter a specific scripture, mm-hmm. but our need to be dependent on him is an overarching theme. Mm-hmm. And it counters that. But my counter, to counter that would be like. <laughs> our, You've like, been encountered. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we're re-remembering and re yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, would be like my dependence, like our dependence on God is 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 physical and spiritual, and the physical is well, yeah, just sure. it's primarily spiritual. And the, the, yeah. when you when you're the but physical think, one is what you know is an outward demonstration of your inner one. That's what baptism is, right? right? Yeah. Um, but so, I think they kind of go hand in hand, and, and and over extended periods of time affect mm-hmm. one another. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. But I'm saying like if if um having depending on God to to keep me safe in my job is this, is me depending on him to keep the health you know what i mean there's there's still dependency no matter what it is so i, I think one creates like a dependency that's uh, greater right than another so if, if i didn't have a job at all like so that's yeah, that's I where know, i think just, there's I'm a line try, there's I'm a trying, fine line i know i'm trying you know? to i'm trying to give an analogy to like it's it's hard like some minute, like some people we know mm-hmm. uh me and liz included just, like Kensington, Camden, they're rough, rough, rough neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. We go in and everybody with us go in with no defense. Mm-hmm. Depending, you know, depending on God that he's going to, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we could say, oh, well, maybe God invented guns so that we could be armed so that we could, be, like, do you know what I mean? Like, we could go in with defense. You know, see what I'm saying? Like, it, mm-hmm. it just seems like it's a, it's an out. It feels like, mm-hmm. yeah, and in that context, it's like you're going to do ministry. It's a clear calling, 
Yeah. And, you know, expect. So when you're talking about, I, I just, if you carry that to the nth degree, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm working and so I'm making money and that's a safety net. Cause I could just reply like God gave us, told us to work, you know? And if, yeah, the, no, if I the, get that. Yeah. The, I mean, so if you carry that to the, like a, a dangerous degree with things that aren't pertaining to direct ministry, when he's like commanding us to work and like, I mean, I, same thing with modern medicine. It's like, God, you're dying of, you know, cancer. You know, I'm not just going to sit back and be like, you know, I need to depend on God to solve this. It's like, no, he, you know, God, God's asking you to depend on the doctors, you know, cause he, he trained them up and he's going to, so, I mean, if you, it depends on where you're putting your dependency. Um, um yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I just don't, I don't know. It just feels it, it I don't know because I, I feel like we, I feel like before this we were just leading down the other direction mm. you know where it's like if we didn't you know if the church stepped up our family stepped up if yeah. if these found if these things stepped up mm-hmm. then we would show the world mm-hmm. what it looked like it would be attractive it would you know all these things yeah. and now we're going down the, the other direction no I don't think there's two different directions I I mean I, if you think about it in the Jewish community when someone is for example like if Ben Shapiro um, is in a synagogue. And he's in a part of a some sort of fellowship, right? In a Jewish fellowship. And someone gets sick, there are Ben Shapiro's that can contribute to help that person. But if all of them were just like, I'm going to depend on God every single day to meet, none of their needs would be met because they'd all just be homeless, you know? But there's a Ben Shapiro there who has his insurance so that he doesn't, he can give his money that he is making to people without insurance. Yeah, but if you look in the early church, church in Acts, like the people were selling things mm-hmm. so that they could meet each other's needs. People, yeah. people were fasting, mm-hmm. so it's a giving up. Yeah, and so he'd be giving up his money. But yeah, but you're putting all in one person. No, one not, person. No, can no give I'm up just. All saying, his money I said as an example. Fifty people can give up some of their money. Um, but there's people that have something to give up. If everyone was depending on God with no yeah. jobs and nobody would have anything yeah. to give to anybody, and it'd all just be a homeless group of people. Like, I'm not saying like, nobody. I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm just asking, like, where does the? I'm, I'm asking where the dependency stops. So, like, if you, if God tells us to work, yeah, and we have jobs, and the jobs provide insurance and money, are we now depending on money? No, we're not necessarily. But I think over time, you're looking at it as one or the other. What I'm saying is I don't necessarily think that we're depending on money, but we're not depending on God. So what's the solution? I don't necessarily know. That's what I'm trying to say, though. It's like if God tells us to work so that we can make honest wages. Yeah. Then when he gives us money, it's still God's money, right? And he gives us gifts, and it's still God's gifts. We use those gifts and those 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 monies. In order to bless other people (laughs) who don't have those things. Yeah. Um, because it's the you know if God gives us something, it's a gift. I mean, I don't I don't even know where like we're disagreeing. I'm just confused. In Acts two, right? In Acts two and three, there were people that had something to give, and they wouldn't unless they were blessed. So, like, if none of us had shirts on and somebody needed a shirt, what are we gonna do? Like, if we had already given our no, shirt, I get like that, but you're going down to the what? What I'm saying is <laughs> having three. Th- Having three fridges filled with meat, yeah, is a lot different than having a shirt. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. There's a, there's a line. To me, there's a line that mm-hmm. it, you're on the on the spectrum of possessing mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. There's a line where it goes past having what you need to survive, mm-hmm. and and greed that that loses dependency on God. There's somewhere in there. There's a line that I think we as the church need to find. Okay. I don't necessarily know where that line is. I agree but what I'm that. saying is, I think the well, I don't want to say not the church. I think like the Amish community has kind of found people, communities like that, not necessarily the Amish, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Whatever, like people that mm-hmm. choose to live differently have found that. Yeah. I mean, it's 21st century. The ones that are still doing authentically are living without mm-hmm. electricity and they're absolutely fine. Yeah. The only thing I, 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 cause I was thinking, I was in Lancaster recently. I was, you know, looking at them. I just, I've never heard a message from the, from the Amish. So like they're good at, at not being leeches and being dependent on God, but they're not making disciples of nations. So no, like, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm no, just I know, saying, but yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. that in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, they, they got that. That's uh, it. It's just so such a deep, deep. People love Lancaster, and I didn't know that. People like everybody loves it there, and you go there. It's just like a deep breath of fresh air. Yeah, that mm-hmm. nobody's like thinking about all the things. There's no hustle and bustle. It's like right. I made this table this month, like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. exactly um, yeah. And so it's like kind of refreshing that everything is so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, are you seeking simplicity over delivering the gospel? You know. Well, no, you would have to. That's. that's I mean, it's all finding lines. You know what I mean? Yeah, finding the lines. And, and I'm just saying. And, and I don't I'm think not, they found it. Is what I'm saying. Okay. They're trying. But, but you they see haven't. the example. I don't. I don't have another example off the top of my head. I don't know so, anybody who's so, found it. I, I can't think of. I mean, Acts two uh, and three. I don't. But outside I, I of think that, it would be. I, don't have I, any other I think it would be. Well, I mean, it's hard to. It's hard to say what Acts two and three look like. I, I have a feeling it would look a little bit more like. You know, living the day. I mean, so like, I don't know. It's the mentality of like James in chapter four. He's talking about like, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yeah. Yet mm-hmm. you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is like this kind of lifestyle, this American kind of lifestyle that we have d- adopted mm-hmm. The church. I'm speaking strictly yeah. for the church. Like, I think we're agreeing. Is it correct? Like the 401ks and yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, is that biblical? Mm-hmm. Now, if a situation arises where you can donate all of your 401k mm-hmm. to, to somebody in need in the church, then God bless. Then it was. I think you know it's I mean? like everything, though. If it's a byproduct, it's not sinful. If it's your goal, it is. So if God calls you into a job where you get a 401k. I do not, by any stretch of my imagination, believe that's sinful for you to have that. But if you took the job because of the 401k, then I'm like, okay, well, what's your motivation for that? Did you feel called to that part? But what if that, okay, let's replace 401k with health insurance. That's the same thing. If if God, it's I mean, do you know how many people in the church take a job because it has better health insurance? So is that sinful now? Yeah, yeah, of course. That's what I just said, yeah. So I'm saying if, if you're taking a job because of the securities it presents, over it being, I mean, I'm the, just saying. Right I, I just feel like God. that's. I feel like that's a very large portion of people. Wait, wouldn't the wouldn't the securities like trickle down to a higher paying job? I took this job over this job because it pays more, and I'll be secure in the money that it's giving me. Yes. Okay. But does that not make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take this job over this job because it pays more, so I'll be more secure because I'll have more money. Mm-hmm. But that's also wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that's right. Yeah, no one is. No, I know, I, I'm agreeing with you. Okay. 
But I'm saying, if you're taking a job for for more money, if you're taking a job for the benefits, if, if your taking... goal is security, then there's a problem. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Okay. But if it's a byproduct, there's no problem. That's what I'm saying. Right. What are you thinking? <laughs> I'm like, how do you choose a job then? Like, what are you? Well, that's the distinction. What I'm are saying. you telling like these kids that are like in and out of college and everything? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you? How are you telling them to choose godly jobs to provide for their potential families and prayerfully with guidance? Like, yeah, that's that's. I, I know that's the answer, but. No, yeah. I mean, let's just say, uh, I don't know. Let's just well, now we're just getting into the hypothetical. Like, yeah. Let's just say you're a kid out of college and you have a job that works nights, but it pays more and it's got health benefits. Or you got a job that doesn't work nights. Now you can min- go to church and be mm-hmm. more involved in ministry. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a clear answer. Yeah. But how many people would take the other and be like, oh, mm-hmm. works crazy. I got nights. You know what I mean? Like mm. stuff like that. You know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like my comment earlier about like being, well, yeah, like having that fear of like because right, I've I'm comfortable with having health insurance because it's one less thing I have to worry about, and yeah. I mean it just transparency. And I I I did not take the job because of health insurance at all. I did not take the job because of salary because they're both like they're both pretty low. Um, but for in terms of. I mean, everyone that I graduated with is probably doubling, you know, at, yeah. at this point. So I'm not worried about salary at all. Uh, but at the same time, I it is nice that you can like take to not have to worry and like not worrying and and depending is nice. So like for example, it's, like sorry, it's funny that you said that because I I know a guy I graduated college with that is making quadruple what I am right now. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, about? yeah. yeah I, heard his, I heard his thing the other day and I was like, wow, we graduated from the same institution yeah. and it is quadruple. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I worked at a dump, in a dumpster today, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately in it. So. Shouts out, Frank. Yeah. Um, yeah, yes. I mean, I, I, the way that I look at it is like, okay, I have a job that I like that God is using me in currently. It offers health insurance so I can, God has blessed me right now to not have that worry. And I can, you know, but should it even – should it ever – that's what I'm saying. Should it ever be a worry anyway? Do not worry about anything. Do not be anxious no, about anything. But pray no, about everything. No. Okay. So – But I just don't have to fight against that part of my flesh right now. You know? Um, okay. I just don't have to. Yeah. I, I don't – I mean I don't have to worry about if I go to get a checkup on my thing. That's a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> the little lumps. I'm just kidding. Um, no, if I if I have like a throat issue and I go to get it checked out, like yeah. my, my bills are like 16 grand. So I don't have to worry about every time I go to the doctor, I, I, I can't afford it. So I can like go on a Tuesday night, you know, before a group and, and go to for a checkup and know that when I go to group after, I probably won't have a $16,000 bill. That's nice. And that's a blessing that God's given me. And I'm, I'm just thankful for it while it happens. Like I, it's one of those, like, you know, you're giving grace and mercy. It's, there's no reason to feel guilty about it. Just be thankful. Move on, you know, and, and use that for the better. And if someone else needs help, you know, use then it. Then you can. No, I get, I, I, get, I get all that. But what, all I'm saying is we're recognizing a, a certain difference. Like you're saying, Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. difference in the way the Jewish yeah. synagogue operates. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is are we missing something somewhere? Mm. Mm. I mean, I, the Amish are living differently. Now, granted, they're not going out and making disciples of, you know, of all nations – but they're successfully living set apart. Like, are we yes. missing something there? Are we missing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it. I think sometimes it's good to step back. Mm-hmm. And like how this originally started was like, <laughs> what would our letter to the Church of Hamilton look like? Mm-hmm. What would it say? Uh, like, 
Yeah, one oh. thing I think that that uh, complacency. Uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what it would be. I really Idols. don't. If there was like a blatant thing, I would be able to name it right away. And so, like, if, if I'm sleeping, if I'm not catching it, because yeah. I'm not, nothing's popping into my head. I'd, well, I mean, I, just, I, I think it would be complacency. I, luke, a lukewarmness, a complacency. Okay. And I think we have grown exponentially in the past. That's year what I'm saying. Yeah. like we're working on it, so I don't feel guilty about it. Like yeah, okay, no, I know. That, what you're saying. Usually, always like, calling oh. stuff out that they weren't doing or that they were doing well. It's like the the well, contrast. I, not by the way, I did, I did that, throw in Philippians was an option. Yeah, that was pretty. That was a yeah, pretty. They were doing it well, you know. Yeah. So, but maybe I'm also um, I mean, the pessimistic is the wrong word for it, but so critical because I know that we could be be doing better. But, but yeah, so I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't give us a Philippians award um, no. or Philippians letter. No. I just think I would land on complacency just because. Yeah. I would say the, the United States Church in general. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, in the United States, we'll speak for that. Yeah, like it's complacency yeah. because uh, how, it's, it's a common thread not? amongst churches that not ten uh, percent of people do ninety percent of the work. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and again, the, the, the America's American citizens' needs are met. Oh my gosh! Now we're circling back again. No, no, okay. I, no, I, no. But I'm saying, yeah, I, but I'm saying as a whole, like there's, there's, I, I. So I know, but I, I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm getting mixed. Results here, where you're mm-hmm. saying there's nothing wrong with our needs being met, but then simultaneously you're saying our needs are met, so we're not complacent. I'm so saying it does that breed I'm complacency. Th- I don't think there's I don't think there's a blurred line there. I mean, I mean, God might meet the needs of people in our church today by providing good jobs that are high paying to people in our church today who can then help those who can't. Yeah, I get that, but so, what I, but, so I, but I just got I'm done sa- but I just got done saying let's mm-hmm. just say the church in America's problem is complacency yeah and you're like yeah americans needs are needs are met yeah so no that's what i'm saying though it's like it it's not it's not it's not conflicting at all that that god is meeting the the needs and 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 wants of a decent amount of people who can take take and meet the needs that they're supposed to because james is saying to meet the the needs of the orphans and widows that means there's other people that aren't orphans and widows that can meet those needs so god is blessing people intensely but i'm saying that in the american church today the government has met the needs of everyone so there's no need for anybody's needs to be met. Okay, so can, can you just connect that? Been, okay, so what I'm yeah. saying is, can you just connect that back to my a statement of like, I'm missing the connection between what does that have to do with American complacency? In the if, if let's just say that that's our church, or the Americans, the church in America's problem is complacency. Why did you next feel the need to say America's needs are met? What's the I'm I'm missing the gap there because the government meets the needs of everyone in our country. What does that have to do with so being that complacent? Makes you complacent. That's what I literally just got done saying. So is it bad that our needs are met? I'm saying that <laughs> everyone's needs are met. In God's system, Oh, in God's system, there are people that have their needs met that can meet other people's needs. There, there's people that have needs and don't have needs. Adam is saying that they're every, in the society now, everybody's needs are met. There's no haves and have-nots. There's just haves. There's just haves. I understand that. So, what, but what it, does that have to do with being complacent in the church? Uh, for example, let me just give you an example. Mm-hmm. We have what do we have in our church? Three hundred. We'll say just mm-hmm. make up a number. Sure. Three hundred. Sure. There's a consistent fifteen at the Breakfast Club. Yeah. What does what does your statement have to do with the fact that there's fifteen out of three hundred people coming to witness to the homeless? That's the connection that I'm missing. Okay. Because whatever that math is, two hundred and eighty-five people's mm-hmm. needs are met. Why are they not coming out on Saturday to Atlantic City to minister to the homeless? I'm missing the connection. So 
when they don't, I guess it would be that, I mean, you're, that's a very specific question. I don't know. I said I made that connection, but well, so, um, so no. I mean, what I'm saying is, when I, <laughs> that was what I was thinking when I think complacency. Yeah. When I, when I said because that was my that was the that was the segue. I, you, I said the pro, the church the problem with the church in America is complacency. I was thinking along the lines of that. Yeah. Like, like ministry. Ten like percent of the people do ninety percent of the work. Okay. Meaning, so let's just say fifteen out of three hundred is ten percent. It's not, but let's just say it is. Why mm. is that? What? And then you said. America's needs are meant. I don't, and that's where I'm missing the connection. Okay. So I believe that people are complacent. Okay. When they have all their needs met. Okay. And why are because they're comfortable. And so they don't want to be uncomfortable by giving up any of their, un, their comfortability. Right? Okay. So there's a very so that, small group of people like the, uh, the homeless population in, in the grand scheme of our country is, is very small. Well, yeah, sure. yeah. 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 If you're looking at it, it's, it's got to be less than 1%, right? Of people. I don't know what it would be, but it's, it's got to be yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty yeah, low. Yeah. Um, so when, you know, the majority of the, say 99% of the people in this country's needs are met, whether by their jobs that God has given them or the church or by the government, um, there's like a, I don't. You know, I don't want to give up any of my privilege in order to help the people who are unprivileged. And that, and, and that is, and exactly, that creates, yeah, exactly. That is exactly what I'm saying. That I'm, you're saying. So what I'm saying, when your needs are met, mm-hmm. it breeds complacency. And then you're saying no, but that's literally what you just explained. Mm, no, I'm, I'm saying when everybody like. I'm confused. I, I know, but I'm saying I don't think we disagree. I just I, my point is over and over again that. There are people in every single civilization in the history of the world yeah. whose needs were met by God. Okay. Yes. And there have to be those people in order to be people who give to people whose needs aren't met at that, that given time. The church is supposed to be the safety net for those people in that congregation. Correct? Yes. Yes. But what I'm saying so, is not, so, not individualistically, not in, not not – I'm saying, as a whole, when a society's needs are needs are met, does that not breed complacency? That sounds I'm like saying, what you just uh, described. Yes, I'm saying that. Okay. Yeah. So what, what you're saying is basically the church has to break through the complacency and yes. give up what they have. Not. To well, the we talked about this. The, we talked about this. The Christian nationalism, mm-hmm. a, a forced dependency. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Does that like when you choose not to have excess? Hmm. Does that help? Does that help your when you need to reach out to God for like, or, where's my next meal coming or this or and that? Even if you do have excess, I'm not saying of, my, that's extreme. Not when's my next meal coming because then you wouldn't be able to help somebody in the church. I get what you're saying, but yeah. finding that balance, I think that's what yeah. the, I think I, that's the what balance, the balance is. The like time. having anything you do have, giving of it. So I think that's what again? you're saying. Anything you do have, you're giving of it. Like you might say, oh, your example of three fridges filled with meat, like. You might be able to, to get away with just half of one and everything else give away. Like, right, and that's kind of what I'm saying. This is, what a weird example. But, like, yeah, if you have three fridges filled with meat, mm-hmm. I would hope that you're cooking that and giving it out to the homeless every time we go out and we go at the like, Cedar mm-hmm. Camden or something like that. However, I feel like American Christianity says, like, well, I, I got to provide for my family and having three – you know what I mean? And it's yes. Like, yeah, I agree with What that. happens if mm-hmm. – you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm making something up. But yeah. like, what happens if this happens? Now I have meat for the – you know, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, but now it sounds like you're planning for the future exactly the opposite of what James mm-hmm. is saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I okay, agree that's that. what I'm so, saying. Yeah, that's I guess what I meant I, with 401k I was, I having we're... this like this, – this, like, mm-hmm. 
I, and that's why I think we're look. I think the application of what we were saying was different, but the theory is still the same. Like, I, I do agree that complacency does, or, um, having your needs met does breed complacency. I, we agree with that. Okay. I'm just saying that there are people that aren't complacent that have their needs met. And the, God has called them to be the people to help them. Like, yes, but I no, feel there, like there are you, people I, like, like, I'm, right, like Brian, is, well, okay, whose but needs me, are met, but, and right, he's but not this complacent. Is like, this is like the whole thing, like, majority of people. It affects majority of – I would say it affects majority of people to the negative where they become complacent. My exa- my evidence for that is the 10% in the church that mm-hmm. do 90% of the work. Mm-hmm. And But that's just – society always operates that way. Mm-hmm. Most people, most by a large – we'll say 99% of people, drugs is a bad, very bad thing. Yeah. But there's also people who can do drugs and be absolutely fine. But we mm-hmm. recognize that as a society – Sorry, one percent that can do drugs and be fine. It mm-hmm. messes most people up. Yeah. So now we're now drugs are illegal. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are people who can have all their needs met and mm-hmm. just have it in them to never be complacent. Always, but that's not that's not human nature. Mm-hmm. That's a small majority. Yeah. So because of that, going back to other things like as as a as a big C church or sorry as you know as the Church of America. Should we have some sort of like forced dependency where because because we know our human nature, because we know See, we don't and, have that. And I understand your analogy, and I, I agree. I think we should all have that self-check. But in the context of a government looking at something and like making laws, that's not what the – I'm not, not talking the, about the government. I'm talking about just the church taking a no, but, personal no, but you, inventory of itself. No, but you said for drugs. Um, like should a government – you made them illegal, right? Oh, so you're well, talking about creating a rule for people to stand by. Like when you're talking about the church, the rule is know yourself, check yourself, you know, check your privilege. Right, you the church isn't is in the business of saying you need to force dependency. I, I don't see that anywhere. Is that a a biblical thing where you need to force dependency or just give what you have to God? No, it's not necessarily a biblical thing because, but it's it's equivalent to like it, we always use the example of temptation. Mm-hmm. When you go one way, you can go the other way. Just go the other way. That way you're not enticed by it. Mm-hmm. That way you're not even next to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's. There's not necessarily biblical evidence for forced dependency, but mm-hmm. there's ample evidence for living humbly. Mm-hmm. And that's – I'm not saying from the pulpit make it forced dependent, but I'm saying is as a as a people, mm-hmm. should we adopt – I'm not saying from the pulpit be like everybody sell this, go home and sell this, this yeah. and that. I'm not, I would never say that. But I'm saying like as a culture, we just, we just looked at all mm-hmm. these things that our culture has – created mm-hmm. that's never preached from the pulpit yeah well maybe it is but it'd be horrible but we have just created this as a society mm-hmm. should we create a just a society where it's like it's just common like mm. did i mean I, i've talked about this to cole like mm-hmm. a year ago or whatever not this but like another example is like just like anywhere else in the world gossip has infiltrated the church mm-hmm. should we just should we as as a small group you and your friends just be like that we're not even going to stand for that Mm-hmm. If this has no if this has no reflection upon me, I don't even want to hear about it. Mm. So when someone comes to up to me from the church, yo, did you hear about this? I should be like, bro, I don't, I don't, don't even bring that around me. I don't even want yeah. to hear about. It. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, should we be creating this culture where it's like, I got a pair of shoes. Why do I need another one? Mm. You know what I mean, mm. I have two pair of feet. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do not have two pair of feet. <laughs> I, I have say, one pair of feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, should I? I, I need one pair of shoes. You know what I mean? Like, should we just be living that way? And that become what's cool. That become the culture. That become, but you know, it's now instead of, and now we live in this world where it's like, I don't want to say it like this, but because by definition, there's nothing wrong with it. But 
if, if somebody was – if I was like, oh, I have one pair of feet. I need one pair of shoes. Then I feel like the natural response in, in the church in America would be like, well, I don't think – I don't see what's anything wrong with having two pairs of shoes. You know, two mm-hmm. pairs of shoes. It's like God has blessed me with money. I work for it. I'm going to have two pairs. It's like, yes, by, de- by technicality, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the big picture, the, the scheme of things, is there something right with that? Mm. Kind of like we talked about, like if not finding the reason not to do something, right, find exactly. the reason to do something. Right. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, do you know what I mean? I, let me, that, I want to give an example, but I don't want to sound like it's a... No, people tuned out already, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I, mean, we were, listening I don't want like to sound like wait, this just sounds bad. But I, I almost caught myself. And, and they give me an example. So last weekend we were in Camden, mm-hmm. and a guy came up to me, and it was it was the day where it was like a windstorm, mm-hmm. and it was like it wasn't freezing, but it was like 40, forty-five with wind is cold, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was out there, I had my jacket on, my hood on, and a guy came up, and I, when I mean like just looked like <laughs> if you could draw a homeless person, this is what the guy looked like, mm-hmm. um, long straggly beard, everything, and no no jacket or anything, and he was freezing, and I was like, bro, uh, you got, do you have a jacket? And he was like, no. And I was like, yeah, take this one. And he was my, I just, I just gave him mine, right? It, it, he was mind blown. But it was, but I literally said to him, and, and I almost caught myself saying it. I was, one. yeah, I was like, oh, don't, don't worry. I literally said it. But I was like, don't, I, bro, don't worry, I got a bunch. And I felt guilty saying that. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because this mm-hmm. guy doesn't even have a single one, and I can, mm-hmm. just, I can just throw it away to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, you know, of course, Liz was like, you know, oh my god, that was like, that was so, that was so awesome, but whatever. But I'm just thinking like. It's not awesome when you have seven. Yeah. It literally means no- – it meant nothing to me because I have a bunch. But what I can say is thank God that you had one. That you were there and you were willing to, right, which but, I but, think but, is the but, issue. But, but what I'm saying is that the biblical verse to that, Jesus says like – and this is what I'm saying is where the line is. Jesus is saying is like if you have two tunics, give away one. Like yeah. so yeah. what I'm saying is the line is like having two. And, and if, if this is the example, America mm. has nine. Like, okay. do we need to have nine? Like, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Um, and hindsight, I didn't even know there was like 20 feet to my left, there was a whole station with clothes. I looked over later and I was like, <laughs> I didn't even You're know. You're putting on like a, like a limited two shirt to <laughs> yeah. stay warm. No, there was like, yeah, no, there was like, there was jackets over there. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> like I should have just told him to go over there. Listen, I, I don't think, I, and I think everybody that's a believer that would, would agree with you. Like excess is a problem. Yeah. Right. If, if it's in excess. Yeah. Um, my whole point was just, I, I, and I stand by it, even though we've come in circles. Okay. Is that if if God chooses to bless you, there's no guilt involved as long as you're like I don't I don't think there's mu- a problem with having money as long as you're willing to let go of it when God asks you to. Okay. And now my question is, is there an is there an amount where it's like when you give it up, it's it's actually you're not even giving anything up, like the the Bill Gates or whatever thing where he gives away like hundred million or hundred thousand yeah, dollars. It's like I mean that's, that's giving that's us like, twenty dollars. Yeah, it's giving us twenty. I don't have a biblical amount. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we can either, but I do think that the rich young ruler and the woman who gave her two cents are the only two accounts that we have. And in mm-hmm. both of those, it was she gave what she had and he wasn't willing to give what he had. And so right, but it's about the, but, what you have and what you're willing to give, not about like, you know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't that he had all of that money that he had and it was a, it was bad that he had it. It was that he wasn't willing to give it up. I understand that, but what, but, but what I'm saying is when she when she gave what she had, mm-hmm. he also says, yeah, these other you know the Pharisees were given with given a lot given a lot in yeah. amount number, mm-hmm. but it's nothing to them. But it's that's what I'm saying. That's so I there is a you. percentage like, amount. No, it's, no, I'm not saying it's, a legit. It's but, their heart. I, and it's correct. also correct. To give everything. Uh, right. Yeah. I, 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 I know. I know it's the heart. I know it's the heart. I know and it's, it's harder to give when you have more. Correct. Yeah. 
Yeah, but if you've been blessed with it, that is the 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 heart check. Not that you can't be blessed with more. It's if you if you are come, unwilling to give it. Yeah, if you yeah if, oh yeah if you absolutely. Come to the I'm not saying yeah. of giving up money and you're not willing to give up, then you're the returning ruler. I no, I understand that. Okay, but what I'm saying is when when I think I think you're you, you're conflating like having too much money is a is a bad thing. I think you are. When it's no, not. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying by definition it is a bad. That's what I'm trying to say. By definition, it is a bad thing. But because we are sin in nature, and we know yeah. it leads to complacency, mm-hmm. and we know it leads to like, 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 like my example. I'm, I'm not rich by any means, but I had mm-hmm. seven jackets to so to give up one was nothing. Mm-hmm. Like when it can when it creates that. Bro, it's not like, flexing. No, I'm, I'm really not trying. I, like, I didn't even want. To, I didn't even want to bring up the things. That was the only thing on the top of my mind. Like, where like I, I almost, I was trying to stop myself from saying it as I was saying it, but I couldn't do it because I talked too fast. But I was like, yeah, I have a bunch, and I just, I felt yeah. like, I was like, oh, God, like, I didn't feel like I wasn't like, oh man, you know what? Thank God I have a bunch because I could give him this one. I was like, man, like, yeah. I should, like but I should have. That should have been your only one, and no, no, not my only one, but like yeah. I should have one more, and I yeah. and I gave it away, like, and or, or why didn't I bring all seven? You know, yeah. like why did why did I just I came with my one? I knew I was coming to on a cold day to Camden. Like, why don't I just bring all seven mm-hmm. and give all seven away? You know, like that was kind of what I was thinking. But maybe I live. I don't know. Maybe I should. no. And I I think you have an awesome heart. And, and I'm not saying that in the, like the comp, like I know you're like I don't like compliments. But I'm saying like the fact that you're even thinking those things is God honoring. And the fact that you were convicted by it means like the Holy Spirit's moving. But I, I again like I I don't know. I I. Th- Think that some God calls some people to bear the uh, and bear the burden of someone who has much and gives much. Yeah, yeah. And I don't and and you know it's when I was talking I was I thought we were leaning in the direction of where that's a bad thing. Right, because I'm thinking on a big picture. I'm trying to relate like on a big picture mm-hmm. scale of America, where the richest nation this world has ever known yeah. or seen, and to say that has. And and but you're and you're admitting that that has breeds complacency. Yeah. But at the same time, if you bring it to an individual, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, but you're saying the U.S. as a whole. I'm also yeah. saying like the, the the church has a lot of non-Christian members in it, right? Non-believers in it. So okay. like, yeah, well, I would uh, most people that I know that have a decent amount of money that are believers are handling it well. I mean that in in my vicinity, I, say, I know yeah. a, a handful of wealthy people in our in my you know fellowship and in you know. And in my family, and um, they are giving the same percentage that I know people who are, you know, have a lot less fortunate. So, I mean, if you're truly a believer in Jesus Christ, I, I, I hope that, you know, I, I, people that I know are handling it well. And I, you know, I keep thinking of specific person as an example. Yeah. I'm sure you are too. Yeah. Same person. That, yeah, when we were helping. But I, I'm just saying, I, I mean, maybe that seems. I don't know what I'm saying at this point, but I, I just I'm I'm missing I'm missing the connection between we know in any other area, like I said, like mm-hmm. sin, go one way instead of the other way. Don't even let it if mm-hmm. complacency if yeah. if complacency is even an option, don't even let it be. Mm-hmm. Like and I'm not saying you can't Yes. And I and I think that's true and that's why God hasn't given me a ton of money. Um because I would be complacent, you know, and I, you like you said earlier, certain people struggle with things and certain people don't. And it seems like the people that God's blessed with money that are using it well don't struggle with needing to hold on to it. And I would struggle with that. That's why I don't have it. Um, 
You know, like you said earlier. I, mean, I, don't, like, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's biblical. That God gives. That that God gives. Oh, well, I'm thankful who, he hasn't. Well, no, I'm just saying. But look at the rich young ruler. Yeah. Who God gave him a lot of money, mm-hmm. and he but, didn't know how to handle it. Yes, and he had just met Christ right at that point, and was like, "I want to. Fo- I want to start following him." But but I, but, yeah. but I have something in my way. Like I know Jesus, you know, and I already do follow him. And Christ is leading me along a path. Now I'm not saying you get more wealthy the more you know Christ, but I'm just saying no, I know, I'm, but I'm thankful saying, like, I'm sure, that God I'm is sure not. He didn't just auto, I'm sure he didn't just approach him. On, I'm sure he had heard about him at bare minimum, probably mm-hmm. heard him speak places, had yeah. seen him, had seen him before miracles. And saying, but he, he so, hadn't started following him yet. Like that's he didn't follow Christ as a savior because he wasn't. That was his roadblock, right? Same thing with Judas. Yeah. The roadblock. I, I'm saying I follow. There's people who follow Christ. Yeah. And I believe that God, you know, like He does for everything, um, you know, protects us from certain things. And so, and and so there are certain, you know, I don't know, just like small things. Like I know that I have an addictive personality, so God is protecting me from certain circumstances where I would, in the same way, uh, uh, with. I money. know, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, do like, do like, do you think Paul? And the apostles like couldn't handle money. I don't know. Not them. I'm just saying, like, there's mm-hmm. the whole the 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 early church. You think they couldn't handle money? I, but, I mean, yeah, I, just, I like, mean, just like, and also you're also putting words. I didn't say any of those things. I didn't say no. Paul it's could. implied though. Is it? Yeah. If you're saying, saying God gives to those things, that what are you saying? I said that I, I think that God might not have given me a ton of money because I might not be able to handle it. Just apply it to me. And I said might. That we, okay. Yeah. I thought you said people. I don't know. Are you just looking for a way to, to say no, something you, opposite? No, I, I could have. I, I don't know. I thought you said run it back. Cool. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, well, I, I, people. I, I might but, have, but you know that, I mean, that's a no, ve- no, no, very common Christian concept that God gives us things we can't handle and walks us through it. Yeah. So I'm saying is there are people that God gives money to and they can handle it. Yeah. And it's not a struggle. When you said that, keep it out of your life because it's going to cause you to, tempt, uh, you know, it'll tempt you. There are people. I didn't say keep it out of your life. I said find the balance. No, no, no. Before that, you said everything, you know, if you, um, if you are struggling with certain temptations, get the temptation out of your life. And you said money is a temptation. So you shouldn't have a ton of it. Yeah, a ton of it. Finding the balance. I didn't say don't, keep it out of your life. You said keep temptation out of your life. Money's a temptation. Therefore. You shouldn't have a ton of it. Okay. I'm saying that you people can have a ton of it and it not be a temptation and give it away properly. Okay. But I'm just I, – I, we're, we're, we're taking what I apply generally to the church in America and applying it to an individual. Yeah, I am. Okay. I'm just, I'm just missing the whole misconnection. I feel like we're making the connection, then you keep going back and saying you're missing. We're missing the connection. Like no, we made, because we, my original we, comment was actually your original comment was. No, my original question was why is the church complacent? And then you say because our needs are met. That was the original statement. We solved that issue. Are we past that already? No, because now you're going back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just not getting it. I don't know. I thought we talked. I thought we were like, oh, we agree on that. And then we moved on to the next thing. I thought, I know we were back to that already. I don't know. I need a third. <laughs> I don't know. Cole could help once in a while. I, I would, but my brain genu- genuinely hurts right now trying mm. to go through this. So 
I'm, I'm going to try to break it down, and maybe maybe this makes sense. So our needs are met mm-hmm. as as Americans generally, mm-hmm. but as Christians more specifically, we need to break through that complacency and have a more giving heart because we are entrusted and given more. And on top of that, some people are blessed in abundance above that and should be even more giving. Did I mm-hmm. get generally yeah. the idea? Okay, yeah. I think we are all on the same page. I just think it was said really badly. Well, I just I, the vibe that I keep getting, and just it's helpful, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. is that ha- and this isn't me being defensive because I don't have any um, uh, compared to you know most, but having an excess is wrong. And I got that vibe. Because I said, what is wrong with the church? Why is the church in America complacent? And you said, because our needs are met. That's why I got that vibe. Okay. The American church. Yeah. Are the, all, all those people, are, is the church you're referring to as believers? Yeah. Or are they, yeah, or are yeah. they just no, when people I say that church, call I'm, themselves the church? No, when I say church, I mean believers. Okay. I'm saying, what is wrong with the, why are believers in America complacent? And then you, your next sentence was. Yeah, I know. We because, recapped this like five yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. I understand that was the next yeah. sentence. So that's why I got the vibe that, okay. Then yeah. excess, whatever you want to call it, excess, your needs being met, mm-hmm. is therefore a problem. A plus B equals C. C is like, you see what I'm yeah. saying? Yes. And then you took if everything connect- back and you're like, no, if you, you can have money, like God blesses people who can handle it. And, and I think all those things are true. I still think, I still, I don't know why you can't see how they fit. So like, I, yes, you can, you have your needs met. It causes complacency. You can fight through that, Right. So whenever I go to application, it all breaks down, right? So if – Because, so, because be, all I'm saying is before you get to application, what I'm saying, saying is – is you could just remove that thing, which I, 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 don't, I don't think that's right either because like you said, God can bless you with those things, and you can, that can be a tool. I don't, I don't see the problem in that. Yes, I know. But what, what I'm saying is – so the, 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 okay, so the church in America is complacent. Why? Because they have their needs met. Then should there be any preventions for excess? And you're saying no. Any preventions for excess? An individual heart check. I, I, that's why, like, as a whole, I don't see you can make any statements. But as a whole, but, but I'm saying you, but that's coming from the whole of the statement you just made. It started with the church in America. Okay. So you're, you made it whole because I said the church in America is complacent. Why? And then you made it whole by saying because the church in America's needs are met. Okay, so here's here's the that's where I'm getting that. okay, confused. Okay, so here's the um, and, and and this might not bring any clarification, but this is what I just thought <laughs> okay. of when you were talking. So I'm thinking that when you're talking about the needs being met, I think in a, a system where the church is functioning correctly. Yes. Okay, so the, the American church say take take like America and the government out of it. The mm-hmm. way that I I see it functioning in my mind well, and and I've seen it well. Uh, Biblically, is is the church takes care of its own, and people in the church are some of them are blessed to excess, and they give in excess, and the people who are not blessed in excess are receiving from those who are blessed in excess, like a community that pitches in those who are give more, mm-hmm. given more, give more, right? That's I, I I think that's the best way for it to work, but in America, the way that I think that it breeds complacency is that we don't have to go out of our way to give in our excess because everyone's basic needs are met. Okay, but so I still don't see there being a problem because in the original system, there were people with excess that gave an excess. The problem okay. is that there are people that are being taken care of before the church can get to them, and show them the love of Christ because the government is taking care of them already. 
So but, I, in either way, I don't see there being a problem with some people being blessed to excess. I think there's a problem with there's no one to bless with the excess. Okay. So, okay. So that's, so then my next question, if besides a small amount of people, I'm not saying there's people you can't, yeah, 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 can't yeah. use money. I'm, you know, but, but what I'm saying is the good thing of having excess is that you could bless people. Yes. So therefore there's no problem with an individual, like you just said, mm-hmm. having excess. Yes. But then you said the problem is there's no one to bless people with that excess. Okay. So now does that become a problem? Because the benefit of having okay. excess is to bless right. people, but there's no people to bless. So that's, so that's now, the problem that I'm saying. Yes. Is that so that, now is so now back to your original statement. Now so now because you remove the blessing part of it, yeah. and now is it a problem to have excess? Because it's not going anywhere. I I think you And have, now it goes back to my now you're just sitting on it with yeah. three fridges of meat. Yeah. True. I I just think you have to find the way to use the blessing. It's, it's find just, the balance, just different. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is it should be thought about, talked about. Yes. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. It should be talked about and a lot more because mm-hmm. uh, my original statement is if a letter was getting written to the church mm-hmm. of America, it would be complacency. Okay. So it should be brought up, talked about a lot more. Okay. It should be a bigger problem, but we're making it. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. We got there. Do wow. we, we get there? Yeah, wow. We got there. Yeah. So again, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that just to, to highlight the difference, though, that the reason why I, I think we we're disconnecting is I was thinking that the the the, compl- the complacency problem is because the people who would normally be taken care of by the church don't have as much of a need to be taken right. care of by the church. Not that the needs of the people who would already have their needs anyway, because God blessed them. So, like, I, I think that. You know, right. as, as that's, a whole, that's, yeah. that's where we came to the conclusion. Yeah. So yeah, I just want okay to highlight that have, again. It's right. It's a, right, for the so, four people still left. Right. <laughs> so it's okay to have excess because then you could bless people. Yes. We agree, right? Yes. Yeah. When there's less people to bless, now we'll, now we have to talk about that excess. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I apologize if I misrepresented your opinion, but I thought no, my, no, no, it's not, it's, I think in our minds we were in different places. Yeah. When we we're finished, but. Um, because it just right. What would happen was you would say something that agreed with me, and I'd be like, "All right." And then you would say something else. Wait, that's wait, I don't. Yeah. Think, wait, and that okay. Really great, Joel Steen sermon. That's what, that's what the whole time. <laughs> like, yes, yes, no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, did you see? Just as a, a side note, did you see? Um, as a, this, you guys got to watch it if you haven't seen it. The, there's an Instagram uh, – I saw an Instagram, but it was a, a quick clip of this Fox News host. Okay. And um, it's a bad start for any story for you, I know. But the, the, there's a Fox News host, and there's a guy talking about this reference in this show called You. Um, it's you? called You. Like, uh, a Y-O-U. Y-O-U. Okay. And he's like, I was watching the show You, and she was like, wait, I'm not in a show. And the host could not get past the fact oh, that he like was a, not – but it was like a minute skin. and a half of him like, I've never seen a show called Lauren on Netflix. That was her name. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 no. You were referenced uh, – oh, my – and he couldn't get it across. Who's on first? Yeah. So that reminded me of, of, of that conversation. <laughs> no, he's on third. Yeah. Um, All right. So – um, we might break this up into two, honestly. <laughs> wait, it, it, wait, how long has it been? Two and a half two and hours. hours oh, right. But I'm saying, though, like, oh, that was a whole different topic. topic. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We can almost just chop it up and be like, all right, money in the church next week in greed. Um, listen but then it would just be a short segment of us arguing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, yeah, this is a little bonus episode for people who made it yeah. Yeah, like bon- two hours. <laughs> Daily Wire is their bonus <laughs> thing. You, yeah. have to, you have to $10 a month to get the bonus hour. 
Um, yeah, good luck totaling this one. Chaos. Christian cliches and chaos. All the C's. Encountering Christ's community and chaos. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you have any Christian uh, Christian cliches um, or crochets <laughs> or, comment. or, uh, or anything else in the, the Christian church, the culture that's like funny, unique, or something you disagreed with, or you, I don't know, any good stories, uh, I'll attach a question to this. If you're listening on Anchor, I think you can answer it. I did it to our previous one, and we got um, a few replies to, to topics to talk about soon. But if you're on Anchor, actually, it's called Spotify. We published through Anchor. And if you're on Spotify, you can actually respond to the question. Uh, maybe we could bring it up um, if you have a good one to bring up for another episode. All right. Have a great night. We sincerely thank you for listening to this week's episode of Encounter. On this podcast, our goal is to encounter Christ, culture, and each other. And specifically in the each other part, in our real conversations that sometimes span two to three hours, you may hear an opinion that you disagree with. First, please know that scripture is our ultimate authority and that the word of God is the ultimate test of objective truth. Second, know that we are all part of the body of Christ and we are constantly learning and growing as well and would love to hear from you if you think differently on a topic. You can do so by DMing us on Instagram. If you have been blessed by this podcast at all, please subscribe, like, and share it.